0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: This is the Opening Drive Podcast
2: on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: To the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It is seven o'clock in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I always give credit to St. Louis because that's where we are. But yeah. eight o'clock in New York. All our friends in New York. Hello. It's what yes. uh, six o'clock in Denver. Five o'clock in what Phoenix. We in love Vegas. our listeners in got, Phoenix, got a listener in the in Valley Vegas, of the that, Sun. That's love been them. Doing so. pretty well too. Yeah. So thanks Jason. for tuning in on the Jason app, from Jason Vegas. in Vegas. Jason in Vegas. Yeah, he's going to make the Hall of Fame today. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> so that that one's already been prearranged, I, I have a feeling.
4: Prearranged.
5: Oh no. Yeah. Uh, 830. So Brooke, Brooke Grimsley enough. is
2: here wearing her free XFL cap. Carrie Davis is here. Brooke had a great <laughs> idea coming into the show. Brooke, why don't you explain to the listeners uh what your thought process is here in terms of helping Cardinal and Blues front office staffers help sell merch.
4: Here's the thing about me. I love free things. <laughs> okay. I love free things. So, the XFL Brian Sol over there gifted a lot of us in in media hats, a nice pin which I also mm-hmm. have, so I'm wearing Great an pen. XFL hat. I have an XFL pin. I have an XFL notebook in my bag, and at home I have an XFL jersey. I have a lot of XFL stuff. So, my whole thing was, you know, Cardinals, Blues, if you guys are listening. If you give the media some free hats, shirts, a jersey.
2: We do have uh, a CDSC kits. We did okay. get those. Okay. Yeah, we did.
4: I missed out on that one. Yeah. So I, yeah. need, I need a SC. I need all that kind of stuff. Okay. And I will wear it. I, I was telling Rock I'm, I'm going to be like NASCAR by the end of this year <laughs> where I'm just going to have all these different emblems on me. So That's Br- the goal.
2: Brooke has quickly fit in. To the sports radio vibe here. If it's free, it's me. There you go. And so, yeah, congratulations. You're officially it. a talk radio person. I look person.
4: like an XFL scout over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just ready ready to tell you yeah. everything.
2: Yeah. CD, how are you doing?
5: I am doing wonderful. You're uh, Golden State Warriors with yeah. a W last night. It was a tough contest. They did mm-hmm. come back and win a game that they were down 20 at almost 20 at one point, 17 at yeah. half. It was a. But they, they showed, I think they're showing everyone why everyone is. My cup is leaking. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. radio cup leaking. Uh, sorry. Uh, showing everyone why they are the, the team that everyone fears in the NBA. Don't want to play them. Because when they turn it on, they can go. Get this man an
4: XFL cup. Yes, Get this man an XFL cup. Please. Please.
2: Absolutely.
5: Uh, <laughs> Sooner
4: rather than
2: later. By that. the way, here's what I have. Ah. Oh, the opening drive. The, the official Kerry uh, Davis family Christmas go. gift, the 101 ESPN opening drive Yeti. So that's pretty awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Fantastic. Pretty awesome. Uh, we got Polo Asensio coming up on the show at 8 o'clock hour. In the 8 o'clock hour, we love Polo. Cardinals Spanish language broadcaster. Bernie Federko will join us in the 8 o'clock hour as well, as will Robert Thomas, who scored a goal last night in the Blues' 6-5 overtime win over the Vancouver Canucks, Van Blanking Coover. And then our inaugural edition of wednesdays with Wayneo for wayne adam wainwright's final season in major league baseball the 2023 campaign adam wainwright at 9:30. you need to tune in for that as we mentioned the blues did win last night 6 5 over vancouver enterprise center the blues actually fell behind early quinn hughes scoring for vancouver just 606 into the game But Alexei Torekchenko, Justin Falk score for the Blues to give them the lead. Then it was Vancouver. Kuzmenko tying it, but Jacob Vrana, Robert Thomas, and then Pavel Pavel Butchnevich gave the Blues a 5-2 lead.
6: Right side, Kapanen brings it in to Butchnevich. He scores! Pavel Butchnevich, 25th goal of the year. 5-2 Blues, 6-24. 5-3
2: 5-3 after two periods and then Vancouver tied it with a goal at 12-18 and then an empty letter at 1906. 5-5 going to overtime.
6: Verana's going to drift back and he's got some speed. He can fly up to the red line. Brings it in over the blue line. Leaves it for Shen. Into Verana. He scores! Bring out the Z skate away with a 6-5 win on home ice tonight
2: guys i don't i know he didn't play a lot for detroit but i don't know how you can trade that kind of skill he's got he's extremely skillful extremely
5: talented i like the curbs went the went went with the yakub instead Yakuub? of jacob yeah. yakub that we we appreciate there, that here on the opening drive he is a he is a special talent and as you said randy i i I think it was because of all of the other things possibly you know you got the uh, the the off the ice issues player assistance program are, yep. so that possibly is why you move on from a guy like that even though he is extremely talented but I mean if all things are are well in his life then his hockey life is going to
2: be fantastic. By the way, thank God that they don't have proper names in Wordle. Because inevitably, <laughs> Vrana would wind up on Wordle and nobody would ever get it.
4: No, he has been he has been doing fantastic. And I think it says a lot, too, that Craig Ruby trusts him in that situation for the Blues in overtime. And it pays off for them as well. I mean, two goals from him last night. Also, you have to give credit to Braden Shin in that situation mm, as well. Pass. Yes, he he was fantastic. And even Justin Falk with three points last Last night for the Blues with a goal and two helpers, it seemed like it was a great. Well, you can't say overall game. I would say a great scoring game for the Blues because they did leave lead this one five to three in the third period, and that got out of hand. But still, you get that result in the end. And Verona was fantastic. Are, are we trying to win games here? What do we do?
5: Uh, <laughs> I'm just wondering. I, okay. I mean, good. I, obviously, you always you you play to win mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. Hello, but here I'm just asking. Are we, are we thrilled as fans and media members? Of, of, no, of, of, okay. no, just wondering. no. I know the Blues are thrilled, but i just say, you know.
7: Kerry's becoming pro-tank, and I love
5: it. I am just saying, if you're going to be, we're here. How many games we got left? Eight, ten? I think. Eight to ten? Yeah. 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 You going to so, make the playoffs, Randy? No. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> I've been saying it. I'm not, saying, this is, you, this I'm not is, saying you show up to the rink to lose the game, yeah.
2: but if you do... This is the curse of Doug Armstrong. When you have such a brilliant talent evaluator, you can try to tank and you still can't because your players are too good. <laughs> Just You were trying. trying be one or the other. That's so, all I want. Is it Jakub Vrana feeling like he's fitting in here?
8: Yeah, you know man like i try to come here every night every day uh work hard and trying to help the team as much as i can to win games here uh you know it's been it's been great and and you know uh you know just gonna continue doing that
2: love it love that and here's craig Bruby on getting all kinds of offense from all over the roster offense. yeah you know we got offense from a lot of guys tonight which is good um you know we um Torpo scored a nice goal uh, that line was good for us you know, the Bucci, Bucci's line scored, Shanner's line scored, so we got good combinations and Tom on the power play scored. And guys, look at the last eight or nine games. Obviously the 6-5 win last night, they score six against LA, they score six against Anaheim, they score four against Detroit, They it's only a 3-2 shootout loss uh, to Detroit here, then they had three before that, five, they lose 8-5, they're, they're scoring at least four goals, it seems like, every night, which was the magic number early in yeah. the season that we were looking for for them to try to win games when they had a chance. They were just giving up five or six
5: goals mm-hmm. also, which made it tough to win. Uh, if they're playing, if they are if they decide, th- I think this team is, is, as I said earlier and I said a couple of weeks ago, it's, it's drastically different from what the team was when they first started the season. They got some guys that could put the puck in the net. They got some skillful guys, some younger guys. Verona is extremely fast on this case. He, he him and Kairou, I would like to see them mm-hmm. in a race. Those two are 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 flying down the ice. It's, a, it's exciting to watch, and I think it gives you, you know, it gives it should give you a lot of hope for what next season could look like if they add a couple of more pieces. There are probably still a couple of more pieces. I don't know if we know what those pieces are uh from from being a contending team in the playoffs, but they are they are much better. And I think becoming more consistent than they were at the beginning than they were than compared to the beginning of the year. Well,
4: and the issue with speed is that you're going to have a lot of turnovers and issues like that as well. They got to improve defensively, and I think that's the thing that we've seen consistently this season is defense has struggled. And then also offensively, you have the forwards as well, also struggling. I mean, even Cairo last night had a, a couple of ozone giveaways. Right and. You just can't have that stuff happen, but that's kind of where you're seeing this team shift and start to find their new identity. Because you have all this new speed coming in, it seems like they still have to kind of and we've seen that with Kairu, right? Where you still have to wrangle in some of the other aspects, some other ways to be a little bit more physical. Now is Kairou gonna be a guy like Sammy Blay? No. He's not gonna go out there and hit guys, anything like that, but at least, you know, do a better job of controlling the puck a little bit more and how you handle it. But I feel like that's kind of what comes with speed and also you have all these younger, newer guys coming in. Um, those are things that they're going to have to work on. And But they have been... I mean, the way that they're winning right now, they're 5-1-1 one, one in their past seven games. To Kerry's point, not exactly what you want to see, I guess, if you're tanking for a certain reason. But still, if these guys, you brought them in and they're trying to prove themselves, I mean... I, I, I think that's what they're just trying to do here.
2: Meanwhile, the car, the Blues will play at Chicago tomorrow, tomorrow night and, is, or is that a home game? It sets up on our board at Blackhawks. It's, that game is here. I thought it was a doubleheader because we have the St. Louis tradition, the St. Louis holiday, the thing that everybody dresses up for. Everybody will be, will be wearing their Cardinal red. Guys will be, I'm going to wear my red jeans tomorrow, my mm-hmm. traditional Mich- Michelle Smallman Memorial red jeans. Uh, I know that uh, <laughs> women are going to be carrying around their Cardinal purses. It is a holiday here in St. Louis. Something that every St. Louisan holds near and dear to their heart, and obviously it's one day of the year. I mean, sometimes you travel on Christmas to see family. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you'll go out of town to the lake on the 4th of July. It's the one day where every St. Louisan wants to be in town, right?
4: Well, and I, the weather's actually going to be nice, too. It be fabulous, yeah. I feel like it's typically rainy and cold on opening day.
2: I don't speak to that. So, loud. Uh, Brooke, where are you going to be tomorrow at 310?
4: I'm going to be over at Bush Stadium because where else would I be tomorrow? We'll
5: be sitting in the stadium, CD. I'll be sitting right next to you guys in the stadium. My son is going to show up as well. We're, we're going to make it a, a family oh, you were outing. You able to get your son a ticket. I, I was able to get my son a ticket. I, wow. I mean,
7: I, it, we had an extra ticket, right? <laughs> oh, man, Matthew, where are you going to be tomorrow at
5: 310?
9: Yeah, where are you going to be? <laughs> I'm going to be
7: in the great state of Arizona where? It's going to be in the high fifties and rainy. Oh, good luck!
4: Wow, watching the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> watching the Denver Nuggets.
2: Now, the only thing that could go wrong Excuse here, you, you know, the only that? thing that could go wrong is Jokic Yo, gets so maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> Why
10: do put would it in the sick?
2: universe, man? <laughs> and,
5: and Durant is coming back. It's going to be his first home game, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's is that so tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow. tomorrow. Uh, yeah, so so we're going to get a- hustle. He's yeah. coming back for his first home game. Yeah. So KD with the Suns. Going against uh, Jokic and if the I, Nuggets. If I Dur- if I Durant. Durant and Jokic Jokic, oh, yeah. so if Jokic sits out, if Jokic sits out, you're gonna you're gonna well, pull your hair out. Hopefully
7: aren't you? he doesn't because they, they, people are calling out Embiid for sitting out when they play when he was supposed to play him. So hopefully he doesn't bow out against one he's of the top a, he, players. He's, a,
5: he's, he's cheering for Jokic because he's probably gonna win three in a row MVPs.
2: Matthew's oh, suggestion, yeah, in the suggestion. And then uh, so I was in the Valley of the Sun when Durant was supposed to come back before. Yeah. Be in your seats for warmups. He
10: <laughs> brain <laughs> 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 Okay. <laughs> <So you can laughs> actually so, are the seats are we're the, changing seats good up the at least? itinerary.
7: they are it's it's the first row of kind of like that that the top, you know, the top bowl like overhang. yeah, like okay. that we're the on the very front row of that, which in my opinion, I honestly think unless you're going to sit like really from the top right. row, yeah. I yeah. honestly think those are the best seats in any arena is that little is the very front right of that there. overhang yeah. right right there in like the second level. one to yep. know
2: one of the things in my life that I did that makes me throw up in my mouth a little What's bit it? one time when I thought Kevin Demoff was a nice guy. I was going to Phoenix and was going to a Nuggets game at Phoenix and got tickets through the Nuggets, through the Cronkies from Demoff to
10: go to the
5: game. What? Who knew? It feels dirty,
2: huh? It really does They're trying
10: to butter
4: you up. This
2: was like 12, you know, 2011, 2012. Yeah, but Mm. now looking back, I'm... Mortified by what yeah. I did.
5: <laughs> <laughs> they had really
2: thin skin, Randy. I learned oh,
5: yeah. that when mm-hmm. I was doing the post game, me, uh, Stalter, and, and Mike Young. We were just honest given our honest assessment, and then we weren't allowed to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> give you, Nobody told assessment. us. <laughs> they didn't so, say anything. I'm like, hey, there football was a- season's coming up. Yeah, we, uh, I don't know, we haven't gotten any call yeah.
2: about you.
7: 13 yeah. guys. Like, <laughs> 13-year-old me was obsessed with electric blue jerseys, and now I'm, real, and now I'm rooting for a despot. It's, it's, it's a bad turn <laughs> here. Are.
2: Yeah, we had that on the pregame show one time. So I think the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks with Carroll. I think it was Arians, Carroll, and Harbaugh were all in the division. And yeah. all three had a shot at the playoffs at midseason. So we're having a conversation about who the co- best coach in the division is. And the Rams are like two and eight or whatever. Yeah. And they got mad at us for not including Jeff Fisher in the conversation. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they called during the pregame show. They said you got to include Jeff Fisher in the conversation.
5: Uh, what are we talking about here? Uh,
2: uh, are you, were, are you watching skin. the same games we're watching? Yep. Yep. Yeah, cool. Hey, later on we've got to Ask Uncle Randy. You can send your text into the Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! That's coming up at the bottom of the hour from wherever you are in the country. You can participate in that show. Uh, but coming up next, Dylan Carlson is going to play his 2021 21, 22, fourth year this year in Major League Baseball. Has he done enough for us to be able to make a real judgment about him at the age of 24? That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
11: And he said that Tyler O'Neal came to him in the offseason and said, I want to crack at center field as well. So they're going to remind him out there. this is a competition, okay? And Dylan Carlson is is fighting for his, his career in St. Louis. That is
2: Mike Claiborne earlier in spring training here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and it would be somewhat of a surprise if Dylan Carlson were in the opening day lineup against right-hander Alec Manoa of the Blue Jays tomorrow at 310. We're expecting to see Jordan Walker. We're expecting to see in center field, Tyler O'Neill, as Mike mentioned. And we're expecting to see in right field, Lars Newtbar, who made a name for himself last year with the Cardinals with the 14 home runs and then obviously made a bigger name for himself as a member of Team Japan in the World Baseball Classic. But I wonder if the Cardinals are going to be patient with a guy like Dylan Carlson, or if they're going to send him away and risk him becoming the player that they thought he was going to be.
4: Yeah, I. the thing is, is last season... I don't know if you just kind of consider that more of he had an injury and that's why he didn't do so well. So I had a lot of high expectations for him to bounce back during the spring training, and he hasn't been terrible. And even if you look at last season or even just some of his career stats, he's an above-average hitter. So it's not like he's bad. It seems like he's just getting lost in this competition. There's nothing that he's doing that's saying, i got to put him in over this guy. Now, say that Lars Neupar, Starts to not do well. Maybe that competition heats up a little more. Tyler O'Neill doesn't do well. That competition heats up a lot more. Jordan Walker, though, is, I think, there. here to stay. Yeah. So I don't see a competition with him and Jordan Walker. But it looks like he's on the outside looking in in this one. And Marmol even said they're just going to utilize Dylan Carlson early on as kind of a utility outfielder, DH pitch hitter role early on. So it seems like he does have to really fight his way back into this.
5: For me, it's going to be whether or not, you know, if there are injuries or if there's a slow start. I think if Jordan Walker has a slow start, they're going to just kind of push their way through that. Him being a young guy and understanding that that comes with the territory. Um, but if Newt gets off to a slow start or if Tyler O'Neal gets an injury, I think that's why you have Dylan Carlson there to make sure that, um, you know, those guys. He's ready in case of, of <laughs> break glass in case of emergency. Right. He's He's there if something takes place. But I don't know if he's. What we thought, or what most people thought, he could be. He's he's had some opportunities. He's he's battled through some injuries, um, but spring training was an opportunity for you know whomever to get that opportunity to get that role. He had plenty of opportunities with Newt and and Tyler O'Neill being out uh, with the World Baseball Classic, so there were opportunities there. And if you didn't flash, if you didn't show uh, in the manner in which. You know they needed to see. It was probably really a competition between him and Jordan Walker because they felt that Newt was your starting outfielder. They felt that Tyler O'Neill, given his health and knowing how good he is when he is healthy, that he was a starting outfielder. So if you're looking at the competition solely based off of Jordan Walker and Dylan Carlson, well, there probably wasn't really much competition there. So you only got three spots. Mm-hmm. You got four guys. Somebody's
2: going to be on the outside looking in. And here's Dylan Carlson's problem. He is a star as a right-handed hitter. He has a career 869. OPS is a right-handed hitter against against left-handed pitching. Problem is, most pitchers, the vast majority, are right-handed. And yeah. he has a 686 OPS against right-handed pitching as a left-handed hitter. His OPS is 200 points better, 200 and... Well, almost 200 points better, as a right-handed hitter, he needs to be able to hit right-handed pitching. And I don't know if he goes away from switch hitting and just starts hitting right-handed all the time. That might be the approach to take. Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are doing okay as strictly right-handed (laughs) hitters. That was
5: going to be my question. If you are uh, if it's so much better from one side of the plate than the other, at what point do you say, okay, I'm just going to focus solely on batting right-handed and I'm going to look at right-handed pitching from this side of the plate and see if I can uh, pick it up a little bit better and, and, and make some adjustments better and start hitting the ball more consistently.
4: I think, too, I've noticed as well on social media, it seems like the narrative has turned into, why have we kept this guy? We could have gotten Soto, right? We could have gotten (laughs) Soto because I think people fixated on Dylan Carlson's name and the rumors, conversations that the Cardinals didn't want to give up Dylan Carlson for Soto. It was bigger pieces than that. Mosellock even said that. You would have had to given up a Walker, a McGreevy. I mean, you would have give up a lot of big names, possibly, too.
2: Yeah, Brooke, one of the things I think we also have to keep in mind is that the Padres gave up a top 10 prospect, which would have been Jordan Walker, and they gave up one of the best... Major League Ready Pitching Prospects in Baseball, in uh, Mackenzie Gore. So I don't think the Cardinals even had a chance to match what the Padres... They didn't have the personnel to match what the Padres wound up giving up for Juan Soto, even if a guy like Carlson is included. One other point I'll make here. Last year, Aaron Judge led Major League Baseball with a 1.111 OPS on base plus slugging. Jordan Alvarez was second in Major League Baseball in... OPS plus or OPS at one point oh one nine. Aaron Judge made his debut as a twenty four year old. Jordan Alvarez played his first full season as a twenty four year old. Dylan Carlson's gonna play his fourth season as a twenty four year old. And he was hurt last year. I do think sometimes we make such a rush to judgment about players that we wind up having problems like Randy Arozarena occur.
10: Yes. Well,
5: I think that's the difference though. I mean you you just hit it. You said Aaron Judge started at 24. Yordan Al- mm-hmm. Alvarez started at 24. So their first season was remarkable, right? They, they, had, they had very good seasons. Here's a guy who's 24 who has been in the league going on his fourth season now and still hasn't shown all of that. It, oh, yeah, he was third in Rookie of the Year two years as, ago. He was. He, uh,
2: when he was healthy, he's been really good. But you need to see it
5: consistently. You yeah, needed to see it last year. You needed to see him healthy. And you he needed to come out this spring training on fire in the manner in which Jordan Walker did because you got a 20-year-old young man and you got a 24-year-old young man and they are, one performed vastly better Mm -hmm. than the other. And so that's kind of where he is right now. It's not, I don't think it's a slight to Dylan Carlson and his ability. I think given more opportunities, he's going to do it. But even in a limited role or limited opportunities, you still have to be prepared and you still have to do it.
2: And there are, this is, I, I know this for a fact, multiple teams that are either Preparing or have made offers for Dylan Carlson. His ability level is highly respected around Major League Baseball. So if that's what we're, if we're still into that, giving up guys in their early twenties that turn into stars elsewhere, then we can do
10: it. <laughs> I,
4: and you know that people would hate to see that too—that he goes on to be successful. I honestly think that if you look at Tyler O'Neill, his spring training, you look at Dylan Carlson and his spring training. Now, Tyler O'Neill was great for Team Canada, but other than that. Not exactly consistent in a lot of areas that you would like to see. I think the competition is really going to be between those two Mm -hmm. and who's going to outperform the other. Yeah. And defensively, offensively, all that kind of stuff.
2: And there's going to be, obviously, the DH at-bats that are going to be available for everybody. There's going to be plenty of at-bats to go around with 13 position players, a couple of whom, Kisner and Motter, aren't going to play an awful lot.
4: So I wanted to bring this up as well because Mike Axia of CBS Sports made his bold predictions for the 2023 season yesterday, and he had the Cardinals trading away Dylan Carlson, for 2021 NL All-Star Trevor Rogers. He called it just a pure baseball trade.
2: I I could absolutely see that. Kind of a one for one. Yep. Swap. Yep.
4: And, and something and that helps out both teams. Both teams. teams. Yep.
2: That's Dylan
5: gets an opportunity to be an everyday player. Yep. Skip loves him. Yeah, and and you get a pitcher, which yeah. you can't have enough pitching. I I told you after watching that World Baseball Classic, we need more pitching. So in whatever manner we can get it, I think is going to be beneficial
2: for the Interesting. Team. The Cardinals and the Toronto Blue Jays open up the season tomorrow, three ten, And, of course, you can see that game on Valley Sports. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. <laughs> it's a springtime edition with the warm weather and opening day of Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN.
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
3: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers
1: got a question for uncle randy let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers text 314-399-9646 it's ask uncle randy on 101 espn
2: i've been around you know all right it's time for ask uncle randy we appreciate your text to the air comfort service text line which is save this in your phone three one four three nine 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 six four six. if you'd like to use the letters to remember this it's three one four three nine
7: nine. yo right matthew what do we got Dear Uncle Randy, what or who are your top vendors or booths that you recommend to visit on Thursday during opening day around Bush Stadium? Oh, this is easy. I like this one. Okay. One. Uh, section 135, home plate nachos. It weighs about 10 pounds. Oh.
2: It's loaded, to- or home-, home plate, it's tots, it's tater tots made like nachos, and it's loaded with sour cream and salsa and every onions. It's, it's spectacular spectacular Ah. section 135 that's down the right field line down the left field line you've got the pulled pork nachos which are absolutely delicious you can't go Mm. wrong with them down the right field line as well a little bit beyond section 135 this is maybe section 145 147 and it's towards the outfield side it's not towards the infield side but in the concourse there's a great asian market and then you can never go wrong by just heading to a Concession stand at the ballpark and and getting a dog, but my my go to kind of unhealthy is the the home plate nachos,
4: I, uh, the home plate
2: tot nachos.
4: My my personal favorite that I think everybody has to try is the Cones Kosher Deli pastrami dog. Mm-hmm. I love the. I don't know if they have multiple stands or if it's just two stands that I've seen inside there. But every time that I go to game, I go to a game, I have to get the pastrami dog. It's so good.
2: Yeah. So there's a lot of delicacies that you will enjoy at the ballpark tomorrow if you happen to be in town i'll be drinking water
5: oh, oh you will
7: you're healthy i yeah. like that good cheat you know, days it's day i had anymore. one
5: a couple of days ago on Your my birthday. birthday you had a little <laughs>
7: cheesecake i need a real cheat day for you on opening no, day carrie come I, on do it right for me i'm not here I'm to trying
5: do to get to july oh one day t- uh, maybe
7: you're one. you're gonna do this all i You <laughs>
5: eat three fries when my son gets okay. some
7: fries you're trying to get to july yeah, I'm working. That's so many months from now. It's called work rock. You gotta work. You are working right now. <laughs> I'm working Sounds like you're working 24-7, Carrie (laughs) Good morning, Uncle Randy and Cousin Carrie My wife is 12 weeks pregnant with twins And this will be our first time having kids Congratulations Congratulations. This is hilarious I'll never be able to fully understand what she's going through But I found that I can't really voice my displeasure with anything she does Because she can just ask, quote-unquote Are you the one growing twins? Mm. And I can't argue with that Does it get better or should I just get used to being wrong for the rest of my life? (laughs) Well, get used to (laughs) being wrong for the rest of your life That's that's one thing (laughs) to keep
2: in mind (laughs) Congratulations! on the twins, though. Congrats. And as she traverses this process, I think there is, isn't it called like a sympathetic pregnancy? So that everything that she deals with, you can deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, like if she wants hot dog from Woofies, for example, which was a big thing back in the day, uh, I, I would assume it still is. But whatever she wants, you get and share. So that's a pretty good thing. You you help out. You do as much mm-hmm. as you can. You don't complain. Mm-hmm. You sit there and,
5: I mean, it's it's... Nine months, and you 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 kind of go through the process, and as she is carrying your children, so yeah, you know, be kind, be polite, be patient. That's the big thing. Find patience. and when you can find solitude, find that as well. Yeah. If you can get thirty minutes to yourself or two hours to mm-hmm. just deep breaths, Six Relax. hours. Six hours. Not work though. Like when you're, oh, you're no, you're, yeah. no, golf. Go play golf. Yep. <laughs> do something. Play slow. Yeah.
7: There you go. Play <laughs> slow. Uh, you're, you're, I'm sorry, sir. Your pace is really holding up the rest of the course. Listen, I have three kids. I'm
5: gonna <laughs> I'm take, trying a while to take out as here.
7: much time as I can. <laughs> Uncle Randy, at what point do I get to schedule vacations around golfing destinations and Cardinals baseball? I'm over the theme parks and the beach. The kids are older oh. now. Can't we just do it all right now? Right
2: now? Okay you are allowed to and by the way there's nothing wrong with combining the beach and the golf yeah. and the baseball yeah. right you can really set up a magnificent vacation think about san diego okay if the kids are older you got great golf there you can play torrey pines it's a public course you can go to a cards padres game the family can enjoy the beach there's nothing wrong with that you go down to singer island florida all right mm-hmm. just outside of jupiter And if you've been to uh, Cardinal Spring Training, it's absolutely magnificent. But, again, great beach spot. Access to the Cardinals in Miami if they're playing down there. Tickets available. I can pretty much guarantee you that. And so, yeah. (laughs) Plenty (laughs) Plenty of seats. Yeah, plenty of seats available. (laughs) And plenty of good golf around there. And then the other thing is... Uh, and Matthew, you're going to do this, I did this, and I, I, I'll do this like for the rest of my life, is make your way to the Valley of the Sun. Great golf there. Now, you don't have the beaches, but you have terrific shopping. It's nice and warm. There's a lot of fun things to do. And again, baseball is available. So pick those cities that have the common, and by the way, uh, unless you have somebody down there that you're visiting, probably not June, July, August in Phoenix, because it's 120 degrees. But, that being said, utilize those options that are out there. Just look at the major league cities that have good golf and say, this is where we're going. It makes sense. Yeah.
7: Uh, Dear Uncle Randy, my family doesn't sign up for dishes for Easter for everyone to bring. My aunt signed up to bring deviled eggs, but little does she know that she has been banned from providing Mm. said dish due to previous batches tasting horrible. Mm, How do I break the news to her that the whole family took a vote? Somebody
5: has to have that hard conversation. Someone has to. You, you gotta. You gotta let her, with love. Mm-hmm. Hey, we love you. We respect you. We appreciate all the hard work you've done for this family. We just cannot take those deviled eggs another mm-hmm. year. We love you. We, we and it's gonna. It's gonna be heartbreaking for 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 her because it, it it's not yep. nice. It doesn't feel good to hear the truth at
2: times. Right. But doesn't it make it uh, not the truth. It's still the truth. So what you have to do is find the person that has the the least level of relationship with her, the person that she knows the least, that doesn't have to see her again and say, we took a vote (laughs) and we love you, but we don't love your deviled eggs.
5: I've ran into this issue, right? So I have a uh, mentor that I got when I was in college, Joan. She used to send me, she not used to, she still sends me cookies every year on my birthday. And when I got to college, I was like, oh, these are the best cookies I've Mm -hmm. ever had. My mother overheard that conversation. Oh, no. And since two, <laughs> since 1999, I have been dealing with, oh, Joan sending you cookies again. She loves Joan, but mm. you, oh, yeah, you're going to eat Joan's cookies, right? I, your mother's <laughs> been guilt-tripping you for 20-something I, years? I love my mother. I love Joan. Mom, Joan's cookies are absolutely amazing. That doesn't mean I'm not going to eat your cookies when they're available. I will eat your chocolate chip cookies when you make them. But every year on my birthday when Joan said I look mm-hmm. forward to the The annual uh, cook she sent them on Tuesday. I got them yesterday. Nice. I had
2: two of them. Love (laughs) it. Feel bad. Now, I will say this about deviled eggs. (laughs) I don't know why, but my opinion of deviled eggs has morphed over the years into really powerful negativity. I ate Hmm. deviled eggs as a kid. I made deviled eggs as a young man. I cannot abide a deviled egg right now. (laughs) Michelle tells a story, Michelle Smallman, about how she was on a plane one time and somebody took deviled eggs out of her purse. Somebody wanted to eat. The person sitting on a plane next to her wanted to eat deviled eggs.
4: That's 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 not not a good airplane snack whatsoever. I I need this person to text in and say, like, what exactly went wrong with the deviled eggs? Because I feel like I haven't had bad deviled eggs before.
2: It shouldn't be too difficult to make,
4: right? It doesn't seem
2: like it. All right, but clearly,
4: I, I guess if the entire going family wrong. agreed
2: that this person doesn't need to make them anymore.
5: Okay, one okay, without
2: any paprika. Okay, one one play before Easter. I just thought of this: go to the. It's an ant, right? Yeah. Go to the ant and say, you know what? We really do love what you do but we don't want you to make this commitment eggs are 9 dollars a dozen there and you Jane, go <laughs> why don't we why don't you make this this year or is there something else you'd like to make we don't want you spending all this money on deviled eggs uh, that's and then not if gonna she work. says <laughs> that if she says oh no it's no problem then you say well we took a vote we didn't like your deviled eggs then you, you hit her with the
10: hard truth yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah but if you if she can't make deviled eggs you really want her making something else maybe just say just take a break this year start a, start a new family rule where everybody gets to, somebody gets to take a break each year where you don't have to cook anything, it's going to be her. Or just go to Shook's, <laughs> get some
2: toasted rav, put them in the oven, and bring toasted ravs, right? Yeah. Simple, easy, already made. Can't you be know. bad. <laughs> can't Here's
5: the thing about that, though. If you're at a function, a family event, and you have food that is brought by everybody, at what point do you look at your deviled eggs and says nobody's eating them? Hmm. That's a good point. Like, read the room. right? Yeah, right. No disrespect. Yeah, good Aunt, thought. Aunt Jane, we've been here five years, and no one has touched a double egg. Maybe there is one missing because that one family member that didn't it's know or the her. friend. Yeah, you you're the only one eating them. We love you. You don't realize that no one else is touching them? Wait, wait, come on.
7: What are we doing here? Yeah, maybe that's the play. She doesn't want anyone to eat them. True. She wants them all for herself. Well, keep doing it then. Yeah. You know, wasting so
4: so the person texted back in and said she tried to add different ingredients like horseradish, oh. <laughs> avocado, and even Ooh. shrimp to the mixture. Yeah. Shrimp?
2: No, 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 no. Yeah. no. You play it straight. All right, Matthew, you got one more you like?
7: Yes. Uncle Randy, Cousin Carrie, and Brooke, should I have the boys and I take off tomorrow to go to the game, or should we finish things up on the house we're building?
4: Whoa, go to the game. Whoa, whoa, building a house. That's a lot well, going that's, on there.
7: It's going to be there, right? It's going
2: to be <laughs> here on Friday. The,
4: game, the opener yeah. is not
7: going to be there on Friday. <laughs>
2: So,
4: yeah, take it off. Take the day off. Yes. I had to. I had to clarify. Take the day off because I know that I realized what I was saying. <laughs> um, <here's, laughs> take the day off. Okay. Oh, what's going on here? Yeah. It's 7:44 in the morning, <laughs> folks. Protein. The kids are not in school yet.
7: Brooke. <laughs> it's warm
4: outside. No. Okay. <laughs> uh,
7: and my
2: dad every year would take me out of school during a Cardinal day game. Every single year, it was a tradition of ours. Mm -hmm. We go to an April or May Cardinal game. And if a youngster, I always looked at it from this perspective with my kids, if a youngster has an opportunity to go to an event like that, opening day, they're going to school for 200 days a year. Correct. Right? So one day of school, either being diminished because you went to a night game or not being there because you went to a day game, is in the... Big scheme of things not going to hurt a kid at all. And and the game starts at three. You can yeah. get them out
5: early. Right. They can go to school for, for half right. the day right. and, and picking them up and taking them, you know, pick them up around lunchtime, maybe go eat lunch right. and go down to the ballpark. And
2: as an adult, you never know. You, you just never know yeah. when the last opportunity is going to be. So take advantage of those opportunities to live your life. Thank you, Matthew. You ready? How about that last thing from Uncle <laughs> oh, Wow, That was pretty heavy. Coming up next, we've got Take It or Leave It. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Tioli next on 101 ESPN. You're
1: back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something?
2: This time for Teoli here on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio. Get your text in now to 314-399-9646. Brooke and Kerry, last year the Cardinals had two starters make 32 starts each. Miles Michaelis and Adam Wainwright. Then you had Dakota Hudson make 26. You had Jose Quintana make 12. You had Jordan Montgomery make 11. Andre Palante and Stephen Matz each make made 10. Take it or leave it, in the 2023 season, the Cardinals have at least two starters that make 30 starts. Ooh.
4: Have at least two?
2: Yep, last year they had Michaelis and Waino both made 32. But then the next most was 26 and the next most after that was 12.
4: I'm I'm going to take it. I think Mats will do it, even though he hasn't. I don't think he's done that in his career yet, but just with this role. And I could see Michaelis doing that.
5: I'm going to leave it. And I, I think I don't think it'll be Matts. I think it'll be Montgomery and he might
2: fall just short. 28. 28 starts. Okay. Stephen Metz, by the way, um, has started 30 games on two occasions in hmm. both 2018-2019 with the Mets.
5: Uh So Randy Brooke, the 2023 class for the NBA um, Hall of Fame was announced and one Greg Popovich was in there. Take it or leave it. You thought Pop was already in the Hall of Fame. I will take that. I'll take that too. It's <laughs> shocking that he wasn't, isn't it? Like, Holy cow! <laughs> Greg Popovich isn't that, couldn't be the same one. Yeah. We got uh, Rock's favorite player, Mark Gasol, in the <laughs> going into this class. I mean, not Mark, Paul. Powell. Powell. Same thing. Yeah.
7: Essentially. <laughs> 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 one of them's got two rings. One of them according doesn't. According to according
5: to Rock, if if it weren't for uh, Pau, there would be no Kobe Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. if it wasn't for Powell, he wouldn't, he, Kobe would only have three championships.
7: He would only have three. He's still, oh, he's probably still want to win a fourth one with Powell, Powell, Powell carrying I mean, that fifth one.
5: Yeah, okay. <laughs> Imagine that Powell Gasol carrying and Kobe. And I'm glad that uh, Becky Hammond is going in too. Becky Hammond, Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade, Dirk Nowitzki,
4: Tony Parker. Pretty good class. It's really good. Take it or leave it, tomorrow jordan walker is going to get a standing ovation
2: oh totally take it i'll take it yeah 30 seconds at least at least maybe we should bfib
4: it will be over 30 seconds how about that
2: okay i'll i'll take the over We're gonna time it yeah i'll
5: take Uh. the over we're gonna
4: be in the stands with the clock just (laughs) our timer yeah Yeah, (laughs) all
7: right what do we got on the text line there matthew take it or leave it greg popovich is actually overrated Oh, leave that! What hmm. are you? What the three, one, four? What are we talking? Who who who
5: said such a thing?
2: So I think what 3-1-4? they're saying is that he hasn't won since he lost Duncan Parker in Genobli. I mean,
5: yeah, you got three Hall of Famers.
2: Yeah, you, you, but you, they, good coaches are products to... of good players. Why, why did Phil win all the time? Exactly. He didn't win with bad players. No. And Popovich, it's really hard, especially in that league, to manage all the egos. Yes. And not only those egos, but I mean, he's managing Eva Longoria
7: and all of that stuff <laughs> oh. back in the day, right? It's yeah. not Everything. easy, and he did. And, I mean, Ginobili and Parker Overrated. were 33, 35, and Duncan was was out that last year they won. I mean, he was he played solid minutes, but I mean, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't Duncan anymore. Right. It was pretty impressive what they were able to do. He's great. He's awesome. Uh, take it or leave it Randy's unjustified comparing Randy to Carlson the Carlson's only gave Randy 19 games Carlson is going on year four I was just talking about the
2: age more than anything else and uh, it's there's no doubt that the Cardinals didn't give enough runway to Randy Rosarena Yeah. but my my point is you just look at the age this is a guy that didn't play in 2020 right because of the COVID and he, he played here but he didn't get an opportunity he started very young and his minor league seasoning has occurred at the major league level. And I just don't like a guy to marinate on my watch for three years and then I trade him away and he becomes a superstar for 10 years for somebody else.
4: Well, I think too, that we're also in a microwave society in a lot of ways where we want to see results now. So I, I my takeaway from with what you were saying is sometimes I think we want people to give you results right then and now, but if you compare to other people who we would say are in that top tier of players currently, mm-hmm really not that far off. Are we just rushing to judgment a little bit too much? Because you would hate to see him go elsewhere and then he's super successful. He just need a little bit more time to right. marinate, as you said.
7: Take it or leave it. The Cardinals lead the Major League Baseball in stolen bases this year. I'm going to leave that. Yeah. I don't I, think it's in their
2: DNA. I don't think it's in their personality. I think if Mike Schilt was the manager, it would be different. I, I think that they were much more aggressive under Mike Schilt, but With the current regime in place, and with the current players in place, I don't think that they want to risk making outs. And I think there's teams, the Miami Marlins being one of them, that will be really aggressive on the base paths.
7: Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to leave it as well. Take it or leave it, Jordan Walker will be optioned at some point during the 2023 season. Leave it.
4: I'm going to leave it too. Yeah. He's here. Yeah, He's here to stay.
7: Yeah, I think
5: I I, I will leave that. I think he's going to. perform well and, and and not have a reason to go anywhere.
4: And I think that there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be growing pains, right? I think that there's going to be times where he probably will have some long stretches. I wouldn't say necessarily long, but maybe just a stretch of kind of a hitting slump or something like that, but they want that to happen so he can find a way to work through it.
2: Right. By the way, in this spring training with the expanded bases, The Giants, who have virtually no power, stole 43 bases in their 30 spring training games. The Reds, who stole a bunch of bases last year, David Bell likes to run, stole 41 in 30 games. The A's stole 40 in 31 games. The Yankees, who like to run, stole 35. And you have to go down the list a bit to find the Cardinals, who were 17th in baseball during the spring with 23 stolen bases in their 29 spring training games. So they just don't try as much as other teams. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, ready? Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, as the Cardinals get g- going tomorrow, our buddy Polo Asensio is going to be calling the Spanish language action. And Polo will be in studio with us next on 101 ESPN.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
4: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take.
3: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
2: Clock in, say time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's the opening drive with Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, and Randy And One thing that's become abundantly clear in the last three or four minutes is that this show needs to get Cardinal Spanish language play-by-play Man Polo Asensio hoodie. Because he's wearing a, a a weirdo hoodie from the Riz nah, show, yes, not a one one ESPN hoodie. So we got to take care of you. How you doing? <laughs> well, uh, let's talk. Let's talk about the hoodie.
12: Um, I would love to grab a hoodie. Uh, a one-on-one ESPN hoodie. Uh, uh, Illinois hoodie or whatever Brooke <laughs> is wearing, hey, so, pink. It's but Wednesday. an XFL hat. It's Wednesday, is that, a, is, Wednesday. It,
2: is that an L or an XL that you got going there?
12: My this one, yes. I think it's two X's.
2: Okay, yeah. I think we'll work yeah, on yeah, that. Kind of like
12: a you know, like a adult size. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta swag you out. Yeah, swag me out. Swag me out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be more hip now that I'm on TikTok. There you oh, go. Yeah. You're on oh, TikTok. TikTok. I'm yeah. a TikTok yeah. star. Yeah, my. Uh, I'm covering, and and by the way, I was listening to you guys, and you guys reference a lot the WBC, the Mm -hmm. World Baseball Classic. Mm -hmm. I love it. I, I've been there since day one, 2006, that's the, the, that's when I lied to MLB and they actually gave me my credentials. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like for real, I lied to them because yeah. I didn't really have an outlet. Yeah. I had a friend that worked at a station, I'm like, ah, okay, I'll work with that guy. <laughs> and then um, all I wanted was to not pay for tickets. Yeah. So I asked for my credential, you know, kind of like what I'm doing with St. Uh, Louis uh, SC, but that nobody answered me, <laughs> so I guess I have to pay for tickets. Um, <laughs> And they answered and they approved my credential. And that's how I got to the first, first World Baseball Classic. I didn't get to pay tickets. And luckily, during the World Baseball Classic, I got an interview with Fernando Valenzuela, who's getting no. his name, his number retired finally by the Dodgers. And that interview with Fernando uh, got me a kind of opened the door for me to start working with the Dodgers. That's so awesome. Thanks to the World Baseball Classic, perhaps um, I'm here. I love it. And, and as you can see, you know, I'm wearing my Mexico hat. And by the way, we beat, Good run. Uh, nice oh, run yeah, we beat Puerto
2: Rico, as, as you probably <laughs> oh. know. And, uh, Somebody wasn't too happy about that. Well, you know
12: what? He wasn't happy, but at the <laughs> end of the day, uh, we <laughs> hugged. <laughs> we had a couple of adult beverages. And uh, Juan Yadier Molina, um, I, I saw him there. I was spent a lot of time with Yadi during, during the World Baseball Classic in Miami when Mexico and, and Puerto Rico played. And we're sitting down at the lobby at the hotel. And we're talking all you know, these people, right? It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun, and, and, and you know, I, I love the guy. And he's like, hey, Polo, so what, what are we going to bet? I'm like, well, not money because you mm-hmm. have a lot of money. You don't need my hundred <laughs> bucks, right? He's like, no, 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 no. If we beat you, we being Puerto Rico, beat you, being Mexico, uh, you're you're going to dye your beard. or oh. Blonde, mm-hmm. like they were doing the blonde <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. I'm like, sure. And then I'm like, what about you? And he's like, uh, I don't know what you want. I'm like, shave your head. He's like, no, 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 I cannot do that. I'm like, why not? The bald is beautiful, right? Like, let's go. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, okay, you know what? I have a, a, a luchador mask, a wrestler mask. a mm-hmm. uh, Rey Mysterio, yeah, red, green, and and gold, kind of representing the, yeah. the Mexican flag colors. When we beat you, you're gonna wear that. He's like, all right. So we did a video and everything, blah, 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 blah. Well, we beat them, nice, soundly. <laughs> came coming back from Fort Runs Down. Um, and the very next day, I showed up at his hotel, you know, with a, a six pack of uh, soft drinks, and uh, in the in the bag, goes, oh, Paulo, thank you. Remember the ones that I like, you know, the, the soft drink that he likes. I'm like, yeah, but don't worry, there's something else in the bag for you. He starts laughing. He puts the mask on. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to get this on video. So he puts it on and he gives a message to the team, which I later I I oh, uh, showed awesome. uh, members of uh, Team Mexico. And, and that's a lot of fun. That's, that's awesome. a lot of fun. And if you want to see the videos on TikTok, because I'm on TikTok now,
5: Karen, you going to check it out. Are you on TikTok? I am not on TikTok. I don't. I don't do a lot of social media. That's I'm kinda, good. I, I, I stay to myself. That's I don't, good. Social I just, media, is, as
12: as, yeah. as, uh, as Bobby Boucher's mom used to say, social media is the devil. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
2: you, I'm looking at it right now. you have in a lot of because you, uh, you
12: put mishaps. it on uh,
2: Instagram too, right? It, yeah, it just it, forward, yeah, yeah. uh-huh.
12: So there's, there's Yachty, and, and there's me, and yeah, we're having fun, man. And, and that's what the baseball class, World Baseball Classic is about. I got to see a lot of uh, Cardinal players, in, in first in Arizona when I was down there, and then Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Matt Koperniak, one of our uh, top mm-hmm. uh, minor leaguers, I saw him. He was with Team uh, Great Britain. And it was a lot of fun. You know, the celebrations, the, the Andre Palante with Italy, you know, yeah. Tim Italy with their coffee maker in the dugout, <laughs> you know, Team Mexico with their tequila in the dugout. <laughs> you know? it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And at the end, I think the best team won and, and I'm all for it. You yeah. know, they, uh, is there a risk and everything? Of course there is risk. I mean, me talking to you guys, you know, I'm, I'm risking my career right now. You know, <laughs> <We're gonna come laughs> show. Yeah, so, uh-huh. so it's, it's But it's a lot of fun. And at the end, Baseball needs to be fun. Yeah. You know, that's why the XFL, I think, does great. Every time they bring it back, Mm -hmm. they bring something new Mm -hmm. that eventually the NFL adopts. Why? Because it's fun. Right. And that's
2: what we want. What's the secret to your great guacamole? As you know, Paulo, I'm not a guac guy, right? Fun? It's fun. It's,
4: it's fun, it's fun is the secret it's awesome. ingredient?
12: Yeah.
2: It is very good.
5: Yeah.
12: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I won't tell you. I won't tell you, Brooke. Maybe. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why, not? Why
4: can't I have the secret walk? I said maybe. I said okay. Maybe. Yeah, you know, we got
2: zero. We got we nothing here. You know what this,
4: this guy did to me on social media? He messaged me before Mexico played Team Japan, and you said that Mexico was going to beat it. Team Japan.
12: But we did for eight innings. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that, he likes then, trolling and, and then, me. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then, uh, I, I hope Giovanni Gallegos not listening right now. The right? <laughs> <laughs> deal happened. But no, again, you know, um, it, it was it just like I can go on and on and on about different things, as you know. But the the WBC, I I love it, and, and the way I got into Team Mexico this time or Team Mexico this time. It was very special because I know a lot of the guys, right? Mm-hmm. The manager I've known for I don't know 10, 12 years, and he will like, hey, paisa, paisa, paisa. I was part of media, right? But at the end, I was part of Team Mexico because mm-hmm. the manager and some of the players like embraced me in such a way that I was in the clubhouse when I was not supposed to. Like they will tell me, hey, come over to the clubhouse, let's let's talk, let's let's talk about. It. I'm like, no, I'm not supposed to be there. You're with us. Yeah. you're you're one of us. So. Again, I'm all for it, and, and, and luckily hopefully next next season uh, or next time they do it, uh, it goes a little better for Team Mexico. But it's it's only going to get harder because the bigger stars or stars that said no this time, they're going to say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: But I, I bet, talking to those guys, none of them regretted doing that, right? Oh,
12: no, no. Not even the hurt ones. Even yeah. the ones that got hurt. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Edward Edward Diaz's uh, parents after he got injured, mm-hmm. and they said, "You know what? My son loved it. He loves baseball. He wanted to do this for Puerto Rico. He doesn't regret it." And I mean, I don't want to sound, you know, kind of a jerk, but if you make 25 million, are you gonna be at home? You know, hey, but but, uh, but yeah, um, they don't. They don't regret it. The players don't regret it. The coaches don't regret it. It, it was a, a lot of fun, and and. If you guys have a chance in three years to attend, please do so. I would love to San Luis, say, hey, let's let's do a round here and see the difference. Because Phoenix, yeah, there's a lot of Mexican people like myself, and we were there. And a lot of people from all over the world, right? But a lot of Mexican people. Miami, close to Puerto Rico, close to Mm -hmm, Dominican. mm -hmm. It was a party every day. Here (laughs) in San Luis, it's a little different because you're far away. It's like in soccer. When you bring Mexico to play... Against the U.S., you don't take him to L.A. anymore. To, mm-hmm. On the in the official games, you take him to Charlotte, to Cincinnati, where you know the crowd is going to be a little rough. And I had a chance to talk to Devin Williams, San Luis Zone, and we were talking about the WBC and all this. And he said something that I noticed, but I didn't. I nobody had told me before I, around the, the uh, Team USA. Um, he said we have played like what six games now, and not even though we are here in the USA. Not one of those games feels like a home game wow. for us,
2: right? And yeah. I told him,
12: Welcome to America, you know, that's <laughs> the America we live in today. If you yeah. don't like it, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it, it, and and he was again, everybody that, that I've had a chance to talk to, uh, they were very gracious, very happy, excited. Even Mark DeRosa was excited and happy, so that's pretty cool. It was, it was, it was uh it was a good time. So, again, good. I, I love it. I enjoy it. And I got a free hat out of it.
5: So <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of pride for those men playing for their countries, right? They, they are just, uh, you know, you, you get the thrill of making millions of dollars for the professional players, but it's something different about putting on Team Mexico hat or Team USA, just representing your country, that I think gives you a, a different set of, a little bit of different energy yeah. than normally just putting on a Cardinal uniform, right? Singing and hearing the
12: anthem before the game feels yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Like here... Eighty-one times we play it before every single game. We stand up, we we sing, or we just bow our heads for the anthem, right, and, and our flag because we love where we're from. Right. And but th- at that moment or that atmosphere, you could tell it yeah. was a little different. You know, yeah. like like I don't know. Uh, I saw something from Adam Wainwright that I, I I don't maybe I'm not paying attention enough, or I'm so busy doing my notes before he pitches. He was basically kneeling down and praying on mm. like center field really? right before his his first. Uh, Start in, in Phoenix, mm. and I've never seen that. And I talked to Adam about. it. He's like, "Yeah, because this is this was this is a little different." Yeah. And, and if if you guys remember Tom Lasorda, great uh, Hall of Fame manager, when they asked him, "What's your biggest uh, accomplishment as a, as a manager?" He said, "Well, I've been to All Star games. I won a couple World Series. I'm in the Hall of Fame. But the biggest accomplishment was winning the gold medal mm-hmm. in the Olympics. Why?" Because it was not for the Dodgers, right. not for the Phillies, not for the Mets, it was for Team USA. Yeah. And this coming from somebody who f- was more Italian than freaking Gido's <laughs> <up>, of <you know, laughs> the hill. Mm-hmm. You know, he was Mr. <laughs> Italia everywhere he right. went. But when he was managing for Team USA, he forgot about it. One thing he was always mad about, he didn't get a medal. Like uh-huh. Managers don't get a medal. Yeah. Yeah. So he was uh-huh. really, really mad about it. So <laughs> if, if coming from a guy that feels Italy more than anything, telling you that's my biggest accomplishment yeah. and if you don't see it that way, then I don't know. You know, we, we need to, sometimes we need to think what's, what's good and what's not. The other thing during the WBC, we had, we don't, we didn't have any rules, the bases, the, the right. clock, everything was fine. Yeah. So I'm in the press box and the same guys that two weeks before were complaining about, Oh, what is this? This clock is ridiculous. Is, <laughs> I heard, and I'm not going to say it because he's a national writer or whatever he is. Um, I heard him say, oh, my God, can this game be any slower? I'm like, listen here, Bucko. I mean, two weeks ago, I, I saw your tweet. Oh, this game is ridiculous. We're taking baseball out of baseball. And now you're, I'm like, get out of here. But, anyway, like, you know, going back to some people will like it, some right. people won't. and It all depends where you are. You're going to say this is great or this is not. I love it. I love being here with you guys, and I, I, you can leave. I can stay hey, here you know, for tomorrow. The next you, and you and Benji will
2: get it going again tomorrow, right? Yes. right on
12: Spanish Radio here in St. Louis. Yes, we had a, a good run on uh, spring training. We were there for a few days. We did a lot of uh, a few interviews with different players. I mean, we got to talk to uh, Wilson Contreras. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to, guys, as nice as they come. Mm. Uh, a lot of cool stories came out of that interview. A lot of cool stories came out of talking to the guys uh, uh, about Wilson. So you know, if you want to listen to them. It's going to be in Spanish, so either Google as we go or, or figure it out because uh, we don't stop, yeah.
2: And the great Ben Boyd is in charge of Cardinal Broadcast. Or I call him Mr. 305 Pitbull. Oh, yeah. oh God. He was, yeah.
10: He was in Miami.
12: He was in Miami, too, and I'm like, people were asking for autographs and everything. Okay. I'm like, hey,
2: hey, hey, And Ben is also a Rey Mysterio guy, so do you guys bond over that? We bond over everything. Okay, good. Yeah, every, every,
12: Even when I yell at him because he's not doing what I'm asking to please do, we bond, you know. Yeah. Like I tell my kids, "This slap is gonna hurt me more than it's gonna hurt you, son." You
2: know, I, I, I've known Ben since he was as tall as mini me.
12: Wow, he still got the same head. How long going. ago, huh? Yeah. <laughs> same haircut too. Yeah. yeah. No, no, hey, I mean, not because he's here. He knows it. I told him before. He's been a great uh, addition to what we do as, with the Cardinals. Because this year we're we're uh, starting the uh, the network, the Spanish network. Oh, great! So we have. I thought it was five, but he just told me it's six. So we have the, our flagst- uh, flagship uh, La Tremenda 880 plus six around Indiana, even here in St. Louis, a couple of other stations that picked it up. So we're growing little by little uh, somebody told me when i got here in 2016 you know little by little this is going to move you you go too fast paulo sometimes it's time to slow down and san Luis has has uh, or san St. Luis still trying to teach me how to slow down hmm. and and sometimes it's hard for me to slow down but it's going to be a lot of fun like you said benji's coming back yes benji's coming back like, oh is he coming back is Yaddy gone i'm like yaddy has gone and i mean benji still needs a job so you know uh, he's, he's going to be here i need a job with these people like Seriously, like some of the players last season, I remember one clearly. Uh, Nolan, uh, season was coming to an end, and he's like, "Hey, Benji, hey guys, um, are you guys coming back next season?" I'm like, well, "Yeah, if they want us." <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, I have another year. Put in a good word, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, come on now. And it's it's, it's great. I, I mean, um, the, the connection we have with, with the players, but you know what I do, Randy, Carrie, and uh, Brooke, and even you, Even you, even you. I, um, <laughs> I like to talk to the families. Yeah, of the mm-hmm. players, right? Uh, I'm sneaky good like that. Yeah. like like I don't talk to the players because they don't. T- they always tell you the yeah. say, "Oh yeah, you know, we play hard, we run hard, mm-hmm. yeah. right? we win as a team, and uh, let's go team." Right. Yeah. But the family, they tell you all the dirty mm-hmm. stuff, the moms and yeah. everything. So I am a really, I'm really good friends with Gio's mom, Giovanni Gallego's mom, mm-hmm. uh, Nolan Arenado's uh, parents, uh, uh, Tommy Edman, the nude bars. Yeah. I mean, I always go talk to them, and and again. I mean, uh, if you don't understand what we're saying, I, I feel sorry for you because uh, it's it's good. When when baseball lets us talk about uh, different things we do, and it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. Opening day tomorrow, I, I hear that there's still some tickets available, and on Saturday. Yep. Ten have, bucks
2: available for yeah, Saturday there's, there's, and Sunday? Yeah.
12: And on Saturday, Randy, Brooke, and this guy, and that guy <laughs> um, <laughs> there's uh, uh, April Fools, right? So watch yes. out. April 1st, watch out. Don't let me fool you, Brooke. (laughs) There's a bobblehead. Okay. A giveaway. It's not a joke. It's a real bobblehead of Yadier Molina or Albert Pujols pitching. So wow. that's the that's
2: fantastic. That's awesome.
12: So, oh, I've seen
4: yeah. that one. Yeah? Yeah. And awesome. tickets available we'll starting... I do want one. Well,
2: you need to buy a ticket. Oh,
4: my God. <laughs> tickets available... <laughs> you just fooled me. You said, you, you said I got to bunch of... Oh, my April God. Fools. It's not <laughs> April Fool's yet, Polo. <laughs> tickets
2: available starting at 10 bucks for Saturday and Sunday at Cardinals.com. Seven total Spanish stations. We just got another one for you during the course no, of this interview. One
12: plus six, so that's seven. Okay. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> AM and FM in St. Louis,
2: Sykeston, the Ozarks, and Jasper, Indiana. So that's wow.
12: great. How about that? Yeah, Indiana. My voice is in Indiana. Wow.
2: That's awesome. We, we always love it when you come on and when you come in, especially. And I know that during the summer, the, the only guac that Randy character likes is Polo Sensio's guac. So I know uh, well, that during the summer, you're going to take care we'll
12: of it. We'll figure it out. I'll come in here with my, like that day, just rush in with my jar or whatever I had. <laughs> that was great. Chips and, and uh, just uh, eat guacamole. So, Brooke?
4: Yes. I get, I get some guac, right? You, yeah, you will get it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> made with fun. You're the best. Polo, thanks. Thank
2: you, guys. Thank you, guys. Go cards. He is the uh, good guy award winner yes. from the St. Louis uh, edition of the Baseball Writers Association of America. Very well deserved because you're as good a guy as there all is. All
12: my life tried to be an a hole, and all of a sudden they give me a good guy award. <laughs> I'm like, what is
2: this? <laughs> yeah, they ruined my reputation, but thank you. I'll take it. Follow <laughs> Sensio on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we'll talk some blues. Their overtime win over Vancouver last night. Bernie Federico is next. On the Opening Drive.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis
1: Blues as we head into the Blues Booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com.
2: Fun win for the Blues last night, overtime 6-5 over Vancouver, probably not very fun for Craig Berube, but for us as fans, it kind of looked at uh, like some of those games that Bernie Federico played in the 80s when you get the 5-2 lead, all of a sudden it's 5-5 and then didn't end in a tie like it did in the 80s, it winds up up going to overtime and Jakub Vrana scores the winner. The Hall of Famer, Bernie Federico joins Brooke and Kerry and Randy right now on uh, 101 ESPN. Bernard, good to have you with us, how you doing?
9: Thanks, Randy. Did we give up that many goals?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Grant <laughs> Fuhrer's in the, in the Hall of Fame with the goals against an average of like four, isn't he?
9: <laughs> it was a lot different. I would
8: agree. I would agree.
4: Bernie, uh, as we just talked about there, Yaku Verana scoring two goals last night. But I thought it was huge that Craig Berube puts him out there for that overtime situation. Obviously, it worked out for the Blues. What do you think that that says about Berube's confidence in Verana and what he's doing right now?
9: All the new acquisitions now, Brooke, have, have really kind of fit in very, very well. I mean, obviously, um, when you look at Verano, his his stats from the past, to uh, you know, when he was in Washington, played very, very well and had had really good numbers. So, I mean, I think it was just a matter of them getting used to the system. They're scoring goals, and I think in this situation right now, I mean, the Blues, you, you want you try to win as many games as you can, and. Uh, have fun, and I think uh, the fact that uh, these guys are, are, are getting the opportunity—this is a second chance for them. I mean, hey, Verona had what already a goal last night. He had seven coming into the game uh, since he's been here. So why not put him in? And and, and to have a left-hand shot out there like that—you um, know—you've got a, a guy like him with us, the left-hand shot. You've got Cairo, another explosive scorer with the right-hand shots. So I think the Blues are getting more and more options because of the acquisitions that they have. Bernie,
5: is uh, this the style of play that Barubi has been looking for them to play? Minus letting the uh, Canucks back into the game, but just this style where they're they're shooting the puck, they're scoring, uh, and they're doing things that seems much better than they were earlier in the season.
9: Offensively, he's probably really really happy with it. Defensively, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm not so sure. I, I don't think that any coach wants to give up uh, this many goals. I mean, when you I consider the last three games, I mean, the Blues have scored 18 goals, but they've given up 15. So uh, that's way too many goals mm-hmm. that, that you want to be giving up. and and really, I thought uh, the difference maker too last night was once Aaron was Bennington. Benning Bennington made a number of really, really key saves at, at key times in that game. So uh, I think they're still giving up too many chances, but um, I still like the way they're playing. I mean, the last night's game was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, there was a lot of energy. I mean, there was a lot of energy in the building as well. But uh, the, the guys are having fun right now, and you might as well. I mean, it does not look like uh, they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, we keep talking about that. I mean, the chances are slim. Uh, I mean, they're still mathematically not eliminated. If, if they can somehow win all their games and the uh, yeah, teams ahead of them, you lose most of their games. There's still that chance. But as long as you got a chance, keep playing and keep having fun. How do you get them the
5: offense clicking as well as it is? How do you get them to play better defensively?
9: Really good question. Uh, I think it's just a matter of uh, of of being more aware defensively. I, I think that uh, for, for the most part, defense is is just outworking the guy that's across from you in the defensive zone, and uh, I think there's a lot of times that uh, uh, the Blues get running around in their own zone. I think it has to be. Um, the system is, is supposed to be somewhat of a man-on-man, yet it's kind of a zone defense, and um, they're really not playing it to, to the to the best way. I mean, I think that there's too many times, I mean, even though you look at the fourth goal last night, uh, that has to be defended better. I mean, I think everybody uh, has to take it upon themselves to, to win the one-on-one battles because, I mean, the, the goal that we, we have scored, I mean, um, Kuzmenko ends up with the puck all by himself in the middle, in the in the front of the net, and just shoots it in the empty net. I mean, Bennington couldn't even move, couldn't even see it. So, uh, it's it's just a matter about working um, defensively, the offensive team, and I, I think the Blues have got to do that a better job with that.
2: And Bernie, one of the other things that's happened since the departure of Ryan O'Reilly, the Blues have not been great in the faceoff dot for a team that really counts on puck possession. They haven't gotten the puck off of the the faceoff as much.
9: No, they sure sure haven't, Randy, and uh, I think that we kind of all knew that. I mean, Ryan was a big part of it. I mean, he's one of the top uh, face-off guys in the league, and I think you're fighting the situation now. I mean, Shannon and, and Robert Thomas have done a pretty decent job with it, but let's not forget, Buchnevich has really not played center. Uh, he's had a hard time uh, in the face-off circle, and that's something that he's going to have to continue to work on, and And it's still an experiment to me. Is he going to stay and become a center iceman? going forward if you're going to go back to wings, So I think that's going to be a situation uh, that'll work itself out over the course of the rest of the season into next year, whether or not Doug Armstrong makes some moves to find some more center iceman or another center iceman that can fit in. So there's a lot of things that are, are still up in the air, but uh, when you lose a guy like O'Reilly, I mean, Barbershev took some face-offs as well, so, so did Achari, so the Blues face-off man are, are, are really, a lot of them are not there anymore, so it does take a, a little while and yeah, and, and I think you even look. Uh, they lost face-offs last night in key areas. I mean, even the, the last minute of play. I mean, they lost the face-off to start the overtime. Um, luckily, Hughes kind of blew a tire and fell down and ended up giving out the puck. Uh, but Who knows? Vancouver gets the first chance, maybe they would have scored. But uh, it's it's very important face-offs puck possession, as you said. So uh, hopefully they'll continue to get better at that.
4: Nathan Walker actually wasn't pretty bad at that last night as well within the face-off circle. But I, I wanted to ask you about Jake Neighbors, his fight last night. What did you think about that? And also, it was his 21st birthday, right?
9: Yes, he is. He's a now a legal age in the United States. That's a really good thing right now. Uh, but uh, Jake, I like the way Jake plays. I think we've talked about that all season long. He's old school. I think Braden Chen been at best. That, 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 uh, he said, here's a kid that comes in the way and plays hockey the old school way. Uh, he's not afraid to drop the gloves. He, he's, he's got the edge to him. Uh, he's a really, really nice kid, but he, he plays hard. And um, he's got some offensive skills. Obviously, it was a first round draft pick, and he wants to be a big part of the of this organization going forward. So uh, I can't say enough about him. And um, he, he he he's not he's going to back down from anybody. And he's not a big guy by any means, but uh, he's played this style of hockey his entire life, and uh, he continues to play it. And, and hopefully, he's going to be real successful here with the Blues.
5: Bernie Joe Hofer had a tough night a couple of days ago, and uh, didn't. It's not going to maybe not get a chance to. Re, uh, Rebound from that being sent down. What did you think about the night and, and just the unfortunate opportunity of not having a chance to get back on the ice with the Blues uh, to kind of rebound from that that tough night he had?
9: I really believe, uh, Kerry, that the, the, the plan was to send him back to the minors. I mean, he, he's he been doing great down in, in Springfield. Uh, he is uh, one of the top goaltenders in the American Hockey League. He's still only 22 years old, so he needs to play. Uh, Bennington is still the number one goaltender here so Joel needs to go back and continue to play I mean I thought he played really really great uh, all uh, the whole time he was was here Uh, I think that uh, a game in in uh, LA was certainly not totally his fault I mean he maybe had one of those goals a shorthanded goal he probably would want back but uh, he wasn't getting much defensive help from the team I mean when you score five goals in the first period on a goaltender, you can't really fault the goaltender for for all the goals, man. I think there was 17 shots that the Kings had, had in that first period. So, uh, Joel is, is going to be the future of the Blues, and I think he's going to be a big part of it. So, I I, I don't think that that's going to bother him. I think he's a confident young man. That uh, he's a goalie. Uh, you have to shrug it off. Whatever happened uh, behind you is, is is the past, and you got to look forward to it. So, he's going to get some more work down in Springfield. Uh, he played really good during the playoffs last year, and hopefully he'll get that same chance, and hopefully Springfield will be, will be very successful in the playoffs and it gives him more, much more experience.
2: That's the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federico. Bernie, we always love having you on. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone. You guys have a great day, too. See you later. That's yeah. Bernie on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got a shot at a Hall of Famer in the fight. Carrier's... Oh fired up about this.
5: Oh, I'm always fired up about this. This is the <laughs> best time of the day for me. Coming your way next
2: time on 101
1: ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101
3: ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner,
1: average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Mort-
5: Welcome back to The Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter for the third day in a row, Jason, calling in from Vegas. It is uh, 6.36 there. How are you doing this morning? Man, I'm doing all right. Are you Are, <laughs> are, are you ready to take on Megamind and go? I think you're the, our first uh, contestant to have an, an opportunity for the Hall of Fame this year. Is that correct, Rob?
7: Uh, I think we had one. Mid January, it was like the first time Randy really? had lost in like three months, and the guy ripped off two in a row. Okay, well, so I think this is, this is the second time of this year, but only like the sixth or seventh time in the last year and a half or so.
5: Okay, well, we do have a prediction from one of our Texas under the three one four. Randy pulls an Antonio Brown and retires during the third question. Jason, if you can pull that off, it will be an amazing feat, and I will be laughing for the rest of the day. So I'm hoping for that right now.
7: Man, you're just poking the bear. I tell you
5: what, <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah, That's
7: he fine. does that. He he enjoys doing that like a
5: jerk. My favorite part, man. <laughs> All right, Jason. Here we go. Fresh off last night's six-five overtime win over Vancouver, the Blues will visit the Blackhawks tomorrow. Since 2008, four teams have won multiple Stanley Cups: Chicago, Pittsburgh, Tampa, and what other club? The Boston Bruins, the LA Kings, or the Washington Washington Capitals? We got the Bruins.
4: Only two players aged 40 or older have won a Cy Young Award. Gaylord Perry was the first to do it. Which NL pitcher took home the award after his age 41 season? Is it R.A. Dickey, Jamie Moyer, or Roger Clemens?
8: Ooh. I kind of want to lean toward Clemens. But some really... Yeah, we'll go with, I'm gonna go with Jamie Moyer.
5: All right, Jason, happy birthday to Brian Jordan. Jordan played with four different clubs across his Major League Baseball career but played regular season games for just one team in his NFL career. Which team was it? The Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, or the Atlanta Falcons? It was the Falcons.
4: Which player holds the record for the most interceptions in the Super Bowl era with 13? Is it Emmitt Thomas, Mel Blunt, or Lester Hayes? Hmm.
11: Yeah, that was on the top of my tongue. Uh,
4: <laughs> you said uh, you said you didn't like hockey questions, right?
11: I don't need the yeah, you really kind of shotgunned everything. let I get Mel Blunt.
7: <laughs> All right, you see Mel Blunt was your answer on the last one? Yep. Yeah. All right, we'll double check the scores, and we'll bring in Randy Carricker.
5: Jason, how are you feeling? This, this opportunity to be a Hall of Famer in uh, the history of, of well, I mean, first history of the opening drive, how are you feeling about that?
8: I'd, I'm pretty psyched about it. Uh, I can't say that I'm terribly confident, but I'm pretty
5: excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, a little confidence is good. Randy, how are you doing? How are you doing, sir? I'm
2: just doing great. You
5: know, <laughs> just doing great. So, I, doing I, great. I wanted to give you a prediction from one of our texters, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, Randy pulls an Antonio Brown and retires during the third question, which would which would require you taking your shirt yes, off, it would. pumping your arms in the fist, and saying, "I'm out of here is it possible? I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how the questions go. I
10: don't
5: think we have any issues this time. Say
2: hello to Jason again. Jason, welcome back. How you doing? Hey, Randy. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing great. How's everything in Vegas? A little windy this morning, but it's all right. Good. I'm <laughs> glad you're tuned in. Glad you're listening. Glad you're playing. Thank you very much. All right, yeah. Randy.
5: Here we go. Okay. Fresh off last night's 6-5 overtime win over Vancouver, the Blues will visit... The Blackhawks tomorrow night. Since 2008, four teams have won multiple Stanley Cups, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Tampa, and what other club? Since what year?
2: 2008. 2008. I would say it's the Kings. The Kings have won two, right? They won 11 and 14, I think. Only the, final uh,
5: answer? Well, let me, no? let me hear again. Oh, okay. What The first three were? Chicago, Pittsburgh, Tampa, and Tampa, what other club? And the Kings, yeah. Okay.
4: Only two players age 40 or older have won a Cy Young Award. Gaylord Perry was the first to do it. Which NL pitcher took home the award after his age 41 season?
2: I'm thinking that Clemens might have with Houston in 2004. I will. Uh, I think I'll go with Randy Johnson. Miraculously, started throwing harder after the age of 38 too. Um, don't know how how that happened but he did but I think I'm I'm going to go with the Rocket with Houston the Rocket? yep Right.
5: happy birthday to Brian Jordan Jordan played his played with four different clubs across his Major League Baseball career Mm -hmm. but played regular season games for just one team in his NFL career
2: which team was it? he was an Atlanta Falcon
5: good player very good player who did, did he run did, over at home
2: plate uh, that, was, that was Ray that, that was Ray, ran Ray, over
5: Ray Darren
2: Dalton. For, oh yeah Ray ran him over Smoke, smoked him yeah, late, yeah. <laughs> Darren Dalton R.I.P. Yeah. smoked him yeah, he, he bit the dust subsequently oh, yeah, But uh, you, yeah. and it wasn't because of Ray running him over could have been
4: <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah. final one which player holds the record for the most interceptions in the Super Bowl era with 13
2: this is in a season I would assume most interceptions in a season with 13. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that this is former Raider who used the stick'em, Lester Hayes. I'm going to go with Lester Hayes as the guy that holds that record.
7: All righty. Randy, it's been a long time since you put somebody into the Hall of Fame. January 19th. 2022, over a year ago. January 19th is a big date. It is. Do we have another one? Has the 14-month drought, 15-month drought? I can't do math. Has the drought ended, <laughs> or does Randy Character take his rightful seat back at the top? Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy. And still
1: champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just win, baby.
7: I'm so sorry, Jason. You heard Mr. Buck, and that means somebody got four right. But unfortunately, it was Randy Carricker. No Hall of Fame, Jason, but an incredible run, especially considering you're operating two hours before everyone else here. (laughs) Very (laughs) nicely done, Jason, on this run through the fight.
5: I appreciate it It was a good time And uh, I'll tell you what The odds were Definitely in Randy's
7: favor So I'm glad yeah. I got play. See if, yeah, if you ever win Two in a row Against Vegas Do not try for a third one <laughs> uh, Let's go through those answers Fresh off last night's 6-5 win over Vancouver The Blues will visit The Blackhawks It is the Chicago Blackhawks The Pittsburgh uh, Penguins The Tampa Bay Lightning And the Los Angeles Kings The only ones to win Multiple Stanley Cups Since 2008 The Kings did it The 11-12 uh, And 13-14 seasons Gaylord Perry And Roger Clemens Are the only players Over 40 years old To win Cy Young Awards was, in fact, with the Astros in 2004. Ari Dickey, by the way, was 37 when he won his Cy Young with the Mets. It's wow. ridiculous. Uh, Heavy, uh, just, it's ridiculous that he won a Cy Young. It is, it is, in fact. Happy <laughs> birthday to Brian Jordan. He played for four different clubs across his MLB career, but it was just the Atlanta Falcons. Randy, do you know what team he was drafted by?
2: He was drafted by the Buffalo Bills, in I believe. Seventh, in the round. seventh round, very yeah. good.
7: And then he got cut and then, man, put up some two really good seasons for the Falcons before switching to baseball. And which player holds the record for the most uh, interceptions in a season in the Super Bowl era? Obviously, the all-time NFL record this Dick Night Train Lane with 14. Mel or excuse me, Lester Hayes is the only player with 13 in the Super Bowl era. Randy gets all four right. It's a 4-1 win, and no Hall of Famer today. Jason, again, thank you so much for joining the fight and the show. Absolutely. My pleasure. And uh I'm glad we get to keep Randy around fighting for a while. You and me both.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Jason. Can I give you my quick Lester Hayes story? Yeah, sure. So he Please. came and talked to us when we were in college at uh at Illinois. Came and talked to, to the entire team told us, you know, there is going to be, you know... Statistically, only one of you, it's 100 guys in this room, only one of you are going to make it to the NFL. And Randy, I looked around the room and I said, I don't know what the hell the rest of y'all are going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Good
10: for you. Good for you.
5: <laughs> we eventually had like 12, 13 guys on that team go to the NFL. Wow. But I, And the crazy thing, I think I had about three or four other guys looking at us like, I don't know what the hell y'all are going to do. We all kind of had
2: that same mentality. It was hilarious. That reminds me of Larry Bird of the first three-point competition, right? <laughs> he's, he he's got,
10: he's
2: goes, comes into the locker room. He's kneeling down, puts his shoe on, he's tying his shoe, looks up and says, so, which of y'all is taking home the second place check? (laughs) Very confident. You gotta have that. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, the rules changes in Major League Baseball are going to be notable tomorrow. We are going to talk to Bob Costas tomorrow on the show. We already recorded the interview, and he has some interesting uh, takes on the rules changes. That's next on 101 ESPN.
3: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
13: And the idea that this is newfangled, no, this is back to the future. This this is baseball as it was in the 80s and 90s. And I don't know if you guys are aware of this. One of the things baseball did in its due diligence, we know that they set it in motion for a couple of years in the minor leagues, and they had all kinds of test cases, but they also superimposed the clock over memorable games from the 80s and 90s, and almost always, whether it was 20 seconds with a man on base or 15 seconds with the bases empty, almost always, with no imperative to do it, the pitchers and the hitters beat the clock, sometimes two pitches within that framework.
2: That is the Hall of Famer Bob Costas. He'll join us tomorrow on our opening day edition of the opening drive here on 101 ESPN. And I thought that was really an interesting anecdote that... Here we are. People are worried about pitch clocks and worried about pitchers being slowed down. When this game was at its peak in the 60s and 70s and 80s, when it was as exciting as it could possibly be, they didn't need a pitch clock because pitchers worked well. Mm -hmm. And they went and they put a pitch clock on all of the, not all of, but many of the big moments in history. And there was not even in the, and Bob will talk about this on the show tomorrow, even in the Kirk Gibson home run with a runner at second base, a stolen base Mike Davis winds up at second base. And the highest tension moment you could have with Dennis Eckersley pitching to Kirk Gibson, and they didn't need a pitch clock then.
13: And as one example, I said, what about Kirk Gibson's at-bat in the World Series in 1988 off Dennis Eckersley, the pinch hit home run that turned the whole World Series around, one of the most theatrical moments in baseball history? And Tom agreed, but then... He went back and put a stopwatch on the at-bat. And believe it or not, in a World Series game, with the tying run on base and two outs in the bottom of the ninth, there wasn't one instance where the, there would have been a clock violation. Under these rules, you're allowed the batter's allowed to call one timeout. And Gibson did ask for timeout just before the 3-2 pitch. And, of course, the clock resets after a foul ball, and he hit a little trickler up the first baseline, and he had to limp back into the batter's box. But even checking the runner first, and Mike Davis stole second during the at-bat, never once did it take more than 20 seconds, once the clock had started, for Eckersley to deliver to Gibson.
2: So Bob is, as you two know, Brook and Kerry. He is an old school baseball fan, but he's also willing to evolve. And I can't imagine why anybody would not be on board with the pitch clock.
5: Yeah, it's uh, I mean, Polo was just in here talking about it a couple of minutes ago, just saying a writer two or three weeks ago was saying, oh, this is going to ruin baseball. It's not baseball. And now at the World Baseball Classic, you're like, this is taking too long. You adapt. You adjust to the rules and the things that are taking place. And at the end of the day, I think it's a better experience for fans if it's not drawn out, if it's not stepping out of the batter's box four or five times each at bat, and you got guys really um, getting to it and and making the action happen faster, happening faster. It's it's more fun to watch, and I think it's going to be more exciting. You got the rules where you can only throw over a couple of times. Now you're going to have more stolen base attempts, and how how important is that Mm -hmm. come October when you got a guy that can roll on first base, and now you're concerned about whether or not he's going to steal. It just makes the game more exciting. It's going to lead to more runs, and it's going to be uh, it's just gonna be more fun for the consumer to pay attention to and watch
4: I have to admit I kind of was one of those people where I'm like don't do anything what's the point? If people don't want to sit there and watch a game, then they need to work on their attention spans. That that was kind of my approach. Uh-huh. I was kind of like the old lady old lady, grumpy old person approach of that. Of just like, lawn. don't change don't you change anything. Kids these days, they don't get it. Just sit around don't look at your iPads. Um, I, I was kind of that way of thinking because I'm like, I, I like it I appreciate watching the game. I know there's a lot of other people out there like that as well too, but With the way that things have gone, it does make it better. And is it a huge difference? I think they said during spring training that the average game is now around like two hours and 36 minutes as opposed to just a little bit over three hours it was before these rule changes. So it's not like it's a dramatic difference there. But I think Mike Claiborne put it best when we had him on the other day of it's more exciting. You feel like you can't blink. You know, or you might miss something. Mm-hmm. Now, what will that do to concessions? Because it makes you feel like you can't go and you know to the bathroom, or even go get you a nice hot dog or something like that. You have to get it done before the game or after. But still, I I'm now enjoying the pace of play, and I think it only benefits the game.
2: And here's one other thing that I can I didn't concern myself with, but I thought would happen, and it will happen with many pitchers, but it won't happen with all. The other day, Jordan Hicks was in a game. By the way, he threw the hardest pitch in a major league game at 104.6 miles an hour since 2018, when he threw 105 (laughs) miles an hour. So here we've gone, Jordan Hicks threw 105 in 2018, 2019 underwent Tommy John, came back, basically missed a couple of years, and now he's the only guy since 2018 to throw that hard again. Yeah. So he's unbelievable. But he threw, he hit 102 plus 10 different times in his outing. So it's the pitch clock isn't affecting him at least in terms of velocity either which i thought it would so maybe those strikeout numbers that we thought would diminish won't diminish as much
5: yeah and it's it's uh, we, you you talked about it you thought it would be harder for a pitcher with less time to kind of recover to throw that hard again and and clearly these guys are professional athletes they're going to figure it out they're going to figure out how to to do the best that they can with the rules the way that they are being implemented and it's gonna be fun for us. I I, I think the shift banning the shift is probably one of my biggest um, uh, things that I'm most excited about because you, you're you're when you got three guys standing over in one spot and you know this guy's gonna pull the ball there. It made it hard, and it, it wasn't fun to, to watch. Now you got guys that are going to be able to hit the ball over there and and actually get a, get on base. It was a commercial I was watching MLB Network the other day, and Joey Votto had a commercial. He he, he hit a ball. He pulled a ball. He said, hey, "That's a single now." He said, "Yeah, <laughs> there, there only there's no 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 more shift." He's like, "Wow." What else are they gonna do? And then it just went into the new, three new rules that they're gonna have. But it's it's gonna be more fun, you know, for guys. It's gonna be more hits. It's gonna be more explosive plays in baseball, which is what baseball needs for people to be engaged.
4: And, and, you know, that's the thing is, you do have to adjust things a little bit. It seems like it's not hurting the players in any way. It's going to benefit the game. And you do have to adjust things for that newer audience coming in, engaging that younger audience. And this seems like we'll do it. Have you guys seen the commercials, by the way, that they've done to kind of talk about the new rules where they have, like, Blake Snail, his hat blows Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I'm sorry, I can't get it. It's the rules. (laughs) I can't go get it. It's really funny to see that Major League Baseball is actually kind of embracing this change, making sure that they're doing the necessary steps to engage a newer audience and keep people engaged. And hopefully
2: the World Baseball Classic brought some people under the umbrella, and then the new rules will cause them to want to stick around. That's Brooke. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. The Blues with a 6-5 overtime win over Vancouver last night. Our buddy Robert Thomas had a goal. Lo and behold, he's on the show the morning after. (laughs) It's just called the opening drive bump. And it's next on 101 ESPN.
3: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas
1: scores! Getting you inside the Blues locker room. What a goal by Robert Thomas! It's time now for Blues forward Robert Thomas on the opening drive.
3: Driven by pure performance. The only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs.
6: Thomas in shoot score. 45 power play goals on the year for the Blues. Thomas is on the board. His 17th goal of the year. The power play goal makes it 4-2 Blues. 7:52 to play here in the second period.
2: That Robert Thomas goal, part of the Blues 6-5 overtime win over Vancouver last night at Enterprise Center, and joining us now is the Blues forward, Robert Thomas. Always good to have Robert with us on 101 ESPN. Actually, we lost Robert, so we'll try to get him back and uh, see if we can reconvene with Robert Thomas. I hope, he, I hope he had a chance to hear his goal, at least. I, I mean, <laughs> at least we would hope he heard that. I mean,
5: that's, uh, that's pretty cool. You score a goal and get it played on the air the next yeah. day. He uh-huh. did have
4: he did have a late night last night too, from the game. Yes. Oh, from I the game. I thought you
2: meant after the game.
5: All no,
4: right. for the game. So, <laughs> for the game, he had a late night. Yeah. Little
2: little pilot error there, and now we do get Robert Thomas. Did you get a chance to hear at least part of your goal that you scored last night? I did not. Sorry. Can, we, can yeah. we play it again. Can we play it for Robert? Cool we're gonna we're that,
4: gonna man. make you listen to it again.
2: <laughs> yeah, because we we got a chance to hear. We were enthralled. So here it is for you again. Thomas and hey. shoot,
4: score.
6: 45 power play goals on the year for the Blues. Thomas is on the board. His 17th goal of the year. And the power play goal makes it 4 2 Blues.
2: Uh, Chris Kerber with the call last night. Robert, you had 20 last year. That's a career high. Are you much for an individual goal like hitting your career high in goals again this year?
8: Uh, no, not really. Too much. Um, yeah, I. Probably like to shoot a little more and maybe get closer, but um, at the end of the day, uh, I'm not too not too big on personal stats.
5: Robert, you all have been playing well at times, and obviously earlier in the season struggled. Do you uh, look back at at the season and just wonder, or maybe get a little bit frustrated with some of the games you let slip away, knowing you're not technically out of the playoff hunt? And if you all were were you know had done some things differently earlier on, you might have have an opportunity to make it.
8: Yeah, yeah, definitely frustrating. Uh, I mean, the first half didn't go the way anyone wanted to, and even just after the, uh, you know, the break. Um, but you know, you can't can't do anything to change it, and uh, we're definitely in a different spot than than we were um, throughout the, the first half of the season. And um, I think you got to be happy with the way we're playing, the culture we're building, and just just the way we're we're building it towards. Maybe it's not this year, but. You know the next next couple of years.
5: That's what I was going to ask. How much confidence do you have watching? You know the newcomers, Vrana and Cappin, and, and playing well. You get Blade back. How much confidence does that give you all for the rest of this season, going into next season?
8: Yeah, definitely a lot of confidence. I think uh, a lot of people are stepping up in different ways, and uh, you know we still got some things to clean up in our game defensively. But uh, I think we're scoring more goals, and and that's a good start for sure.
2: Robert, what do you see from a guy like Vrana?
8: Yeah, he's got great speed and and he knows how to score. He's um, Just a natural goal scorer, and um, you know those are things that you you can't really teach. You, you just he's just a goal scorer, and um, they they're just able to find find ways to get it in the net.
4: What did you think about Jake Neighbors' fight last night? And also, it was his twenty first birthday, so I saw that Andy Strickland had a beer ready to go for him after the game.
8: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he he it was a tough player he went up against, and Held his own and got a couple of good shots in. So uh definitely brought brought a lot of excitement to the bench and um it was good for him to step up.
4: What have you seen from him so far? Because we've seen him on a line with you and Kairo.
8: Yeah, he does he does a lot of good things. Uh I think, you know, defensively, uh, on the four check he's physical. He plays mm-hmm. plays a smart game and, and he can make a lot of plays as well. So uh I think he's been doing awesome and uh, I'm excited for his future here.
5: Robert, I asked you earlier this year if you had uh, raced Cairo, and you told me no, but you just spoke about Vrana and his speed. Have those two raced, and who's who you putting
8: your money on? They've <laughs> not raced yet. Um, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Um, ah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Cairo. I think I'm going to go with Cairo. Okay.
2: Robert Thomas with us on 101 ESPN And Robert, as you know, tomorrow You guys will be in Chicago for the Cardinals home opener But I I just want to set some parameters here So let's just assume you guys had a bye week or something While the Cardinals were opening up So you at the Robert Thomas household Were throwing a party for five or six of the guys That are coming over Give me a couple of apps a dessert, drinks of choice, and then maybe, if, because it's a 3 o'clock start, maybe you have like a 5.30 main course. Give me the, the Robert Thomas menu for the boys.
8: Um, okay. Um, I'm always a sushi guy, so I'd definitely start with some sushi. Actually, no, that would be my dinner part of it. Okay. So <laughs> Probably the apps would be maybe like a buffalo chicken dip and some boneless wings. Okay. Good place. Those would be there. Actually, sushi doesn't go with that. So
4: <laughs> I was like, this is all over the place. <laughs> yeah, no.
8: <laughs> sushi. Uh, then probably just some, some ribs and uh, some sides or whatever for dinner and always go with the, the Bud Select. Uh, that's number one. So Good. Well done. And are you a dessert guy at all? Uh, yeah, I do like desserts. Um, I don't even know where to start. I'd probably be full after that, so that's all I yeah, mean. So, we'll,
2: we'll go. We'll, I will bequeath you a Schnooks chocolate chip cookie cake that uh, everybody can partake of.
8: <laughs> all right, there you go.
2: You're, you're there,
4: <laughs> Robert. You guys had a sellout crowd on a Tuesday night. That's that's pretty huge. What does that mean to you guys to look up and still see a lot of that support from the fans?
8: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, you know, through thick and thin, they've always been there supporting us, and um, something that you know, I suppose i not show as much appreciation for as, as we should. And, um, you know, all of us love the support. We play for the support. And, um, you know, to have, yeah, like you said, on Tuesday night, a solo crowd is pretty incredible. And, um, you know, we're happy to get a, an exciting win for them.
4: So next you go to Chicago. And then you guys, Panger said that you guys are going to have a day off in Nashville. Now, that's my hometown. So I got to get the itinerary for what you guys are going to do for the day off in Nashville.
8: Yeah. I'm not sure to, I'm not quite sure yet. We haven't figured that out. I think we just got the day off yesterday. So, um, not really any plans yet, but maybe some golf or, or, uh, check out some, uh, some live acts on Broadway.
4: Yeah. Are you a honky tonk guy?
8: Uh, yeah, I've been there in a while. So, uh, I'm not too sure what's going on over there yet.
5: Robert, uh, Randy was just talking about food and I he he forgot to mention that Brooke and I are on diet. So we are. we are not eating or partaking in a lot of that. We talked yesterday yesterday about uh, Michael Phelps's diet while he was competing 10,000 calories. I'm at about 1600 right now. I'm starving every day. What what are you eating <laughs> pre-game and and what is your diet like, you know, just to make sure you stay maintained and staying in shape?
8: You talking about like all my food on game day? Yeah. What? Yeah. what, what
5: do you, what's your go-to meal? I, I would always, for me, game day would consist of a turkey burger from Red Robin, some fries. That would be like my pregame before I got to the stadium. What's your What's your pregame meal?
8: I think my my pregame meal some rice, chicken, and some veggies, and then a salad. You're a healthy uh, guy. Yeah, right. that's usually what I eat on on pregame.
5: See, I, I, are you, are you that every pregame? I know it's different for hockey. We only had sixteen of them. You all got eighty-two. We, I ate that every chance I got. If we were at home, Red Robin was right by my house. Get that, sit down, and then go to the stadium.
8: Yeah, yeah, every game. Um... It's it's funny uh, as you get halfway through the season, you start getting sick of it, but you, know, you just have to eat it. Uh, so it gets a little painful, but once you get around to the start of the season, you get excited to eat pre-game. So, um, but definitely at the sick of it stage.
5: For me, it was a superstition thing. Has it become that for you as well?
8: Not really. Uh, I just found like I felt felt the best during the game when I ate that exact thing. So. Kind of experiment a little bit and, and find what works the best.
2: See, Robert, I didn't have the nutritional science that is available to you guys. So for me, <laughs> like I told Carrie yesterday, it was a Taco Bell crave case. You know that that that's that's that was our speed. But we've obviously we've learned a lot. So rice and chicken and veggies is a better way to go.
8: Yeah, yeah, I'd say uh, might be just. A little bit better. <laughs> <laughs>
10: hey,
8: have a great trip. By the way, we won't
2: talk to you before you play Boston. And, man, they're just a juggernaut under Jim Montgomery this year. Are you looking forward to playing the Bruins? Obviously, the team that you vanquished in the, the Cup a few years ago. But, man, they're having a, an historic season, too.
8: Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be nice. Um, you know, you always want to play against the best, and, and they're the best right now. So uh, it be a great challenge for us and, and also a big test Um you know, we're a team that's been playing a lot better lately, and um, we're excited for colleges like that. So can't wait for that one.
2: Well, we're looking forward to it. Good luck tomorrow in Chicago and then Saturday in Nashville, and we'll see you back here on Sunday. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Robert. Robert Thomas, Blues Center, with us on 101 ESPN. Boston has 119 points. They have eight games left. The second-place team is 16 points behind them with 103. Wow. I just did that math right off the top of my
4: head. That was really good. Well, that was great for math. For now, it doesn't.
2: Uh, partake in much math, I, and I don't have that many fingers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but so, I can this is a great stat here. I'm going to do it right now for you. Teams two through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams two through 11 are separated by nine points, teams one and two are separated by 13. Huh? So, there's parity in the league yeah. except for
5: Boston, except for them, yeah. yeah. They're just rolling around. Are they, are they? Are they Stanley Cup winners? Are they?
2: They're Stanley Cup winners. No, no problem. <laughs> They're unbelievable. They might wind up with the best goal differential in the history of the league. Their goal differential this year is plus one seventeen. The next highest goal differential in the league is plus fifty one. <sighs> plus fifty one, and then you jump to the Bruins. Plus fifty one is New Jersey. Then you jump to the Bruins, or I'm sorry, plus fifty three. The Rangers are plus fifty three. Then you jump to the Bruins at plus one seventeen. It's just ridiculous how good they are. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Coming up. We'll have our rush hour reset for you as we take a look at what's happening in the world of sports here on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: It's time to break down the biggest sports story of the day on the
3: Opening Drive with today's big thing. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf.
2: 917 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Adam Wainwright will join us at the bottom of this hour. Right now, though, time for our rush hour reset to the Blues with a 6 5 overtime victory over Vancouver last night at Enterprise Center. Quinn Hughes scoring at the 1906 mark of the third to send the game into overtime, but then Jakub Vrana with his second to the game, 28 seconds into the OT, OT period and the Blues win it by a score of 6-5. to five. By the way, great assist for Braden Shen on the game winner by Vrana. Other Blues goals came from Justin Falk, Robert Thomas, Pavel Buchnevich uh, and uh, they really and Torapchenko scored their first goal. They really are playing well offensively.
4: Yeah, that has that not necessarily been their problem, though. I think defensive issues have been the problem <laughs> in this Suicide. season. You know, they, I know that there's been times where they haven't exactly been the best at scoring, but it seems like defensive woes are continuing to be a theme here because they even led five to three at one point in the third period. And that just dissipated very quickly. But still. Jakob Vrana getting two goals, especially for Barubi to turn him in that overtime situation and it paid off scoring, what was it, like 20, 21 seconds into OT and he was able to do that. Um, I've been really impressed with him and his speed. I think definitely the biggest thing that we've took we've taken away from this season and even that game is things need to improve defensively on all fronts for the Blues.
5: Yeah, as you said, Brooke, I don't think offense has been the issue. It's been the defensive end, both from the defensemen and the forwards. Uh, Every now and then the goalies just not performing at the level that they need to to be successful on a consistent basis. And for me, it's when I think about defense, normally – defense is just a will to do it. It's an effort. If you have the talent and you can skate fast and you can play hard when you're trying to score, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you can skate fast and play hard when you're trying to keep the opposing team from scoring. So it's not a talent issue. It's not a lack of talent. It's a lack of will and want. And somebody has to be able to say, hey, we're going to have to lock down. And that's why I've asked uh, Craig, uh, I've asked Curbs and I asked Panger, what does this team need? In order to be that type of team, if they want to win games and want to eventually win championships, you got to have multiple guys willing to do that every time they step foot on the ice. And right now, it's happening every now and then, but just not on a consistent enough basis.
2: Joe McColetti told me one time that Jim Montgomery was the best system coach he'd ever been around. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the loss of Jim Montgomery is really underrated with the way the Blues run the system. Obviously, the PK is nearly as effective as it was when Jim Montgomery was here. I think the Blues probably suffered a greater loss than we could ever know when they lost Jim Montgomery. And I don't know if the people on hand are people that they're going to keep around and try to make it work next year. But clearly not having the coach of the best team in the league, the best head coach coach in the league this year, not having him has an effect. A football note for you. Lamar Jackson came out a couple of days ago on the Twitter machine and said that he had asked for a trade from the Ravens back on March 2nd. A lot of the people that responded to Lamar were, wondered about, the belief, and there is a strong belief out there, that he kind of held in, that he didn't want to play because he was worried about getting injured. He said on Twitter last night, and once you have to start responding to questions about your desire to play. I think you've got a problem. He said, I don't remember me sitting out my guys week one versus the Jets to week 12 versus the Broncos. How come all of a sudden I sit out because of money in which I could have gotten hurt any time within that time frame when we know the Super Bowl been on my mind since April 2018? He said, let's get real. I'd rather have a 100% PCL than go out there and play horrible, forcing myself to put my guys in a bad situation. Now that's selfish to me. I think this is just me talking. And you can reference a Super Bowl champ like Ben Roethlisberger. I think that most quarterbacks, if they had the chance to get out on the field, Phillip Rivers, even if they were worried about their PCL, would think that they gave their team the best chance to win.
5: You would, unless you had a teammate who was Robert Griffin III, who Mm -hmm. went out on a bad knee in a playoff game for the Washington Redskins at the time. Mm -hmm. And tore his knee up even more and no longer was able to play at the level he was prior to that injury so if that's my teammate at one point him and RG3 were teammates they sat in the same meeting rooms they had conversations they built the relationship a bond and this is probably a player if you Lamar Jackson that you looked up to at one point because he also was a Heisman Trophy winner he also had done everything you expected yourself to be and do in this league so if, you're, if that's your teammate and you're having that conversation and you hear the stories, man, would you do it again? Hell no, I would not have played in that game. My knee I had the bulkiest knee brace on you could find, and I turned my knee again, and I looked at the sideline, and they shrugged their shoulders and had no answer for me. And essentially, my career was done at that point. If that's a teammate that you've had in, in, in your time in the NFL and you're going through a similar situation, I don't think Lamar Jackson should have played in the game if he wasn't 100% healthy, and he made the right decision, and that's probably based on his experiences with his teammates.
2: I wish he would have referenced that, uh, and I, I wonder if he even thought of that, but doesn't that make his story and his approach here more reasonable? If, if he says, "Hey, I had a teammate who lost his career because of what you want me to do," exactly. And, and if you're a, a
5: reasonable, sound person that is watching and paying attention, you know. I mean, if you're in that locker room, and especially, it's a difference between having a teammate if he's a quarterback and and that happened to a star receiver. They're in the same meeting room. They are. Th- those are different meetings. Those mm-hmm. are different conversations. You become more familiar with guys that you are that you share a position with. So, I don't doubt that that conversation came up at some point throughout their time together. And, and if you're, if you're uh, Lamar, you're looking at it and saying, I'm not going to put myself in that position that
2: RG3 did. The Cardinals will open up their 2023 season tomorrow at the ballpark. 310 against the Blue Jays. Alec Manoa was third in AL Cy Young voting last year. He'll be on the mound for Toronto against the Cardinals' Miles Michaelis. The Cardinals' projected lineup, According to John Denton at Cardinals.com, Brendan Donovan, Lars Newtbar, Paul Goldschmidt, Arenado, Contreras, Gorman, O'Neill, Walker, and Edmund. Although it wouldn't surprise me if O'Neill and Newt might flip there, and we might see. the two lefties get separated at the top of the lineup but it should be fun and there's a lot of stuff going on the gates are going to open at noon you're going to see the Clydesdales come in just after two o'clock and it's just going to be fantastic uh, our buddy Mark McGuire is going to be in town he's excited he's flying in today Uh, and all the Cardinal Hall of Famers I hope Tony's here I don't know what Tony's health situation is but uh, most of if not all of the Cardinal Hall of Famers will be introduced during the pregame ceremonies.
4: There's nothing that you can really compare to that, right? And also the fact, too, that it's going to be perfect weather. And this really feels kind of like the first normal baseball season in a while that we're going into. That you don't have the lockout situation. You don't have the COVID restrictions and things kind of messing up the schedule in that way. This feels like the first time in a while that we're going into kind of a true baseball season without all the hangups that we had prior.
5: I, I agree. It's uh, it, it's my first Opening day, and I'm thrilled about it. I've it's your first. I, it's my first one. I've really? watched it on TV plenty of times, um, but I've never actually been to an opening day. So you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to to seeing you know all the festivities, the Clydesdales, the red jackets, the guys in trucks hopping out, and, and all the things that take place on opening day. I'm 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 really looking forward to it.
4: And your son's coming too. So will that he be will, his first? will be his first opening day as well. too. Yep. Wow! Yep.
5: Getting out of class, getting out of school for it. You see it. how important to that. that is.
4: That's I feel like the all. <laughs> Schools should be doing
5: that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no so doubt about it. Should he be had an a, easy excuse. There was a uh, a play, a, re, uh, a recital that was supposed to take place at the school tonight. Unfortunately, it was canceled. So I guess someone got the memo <laughs> about opening day. Oh, God, somebody listens it. to the opening drive. Gosh darn it! <laughs> excuse me, they're gonna reschedule it for for another time.
4: <sighs> Shoot, man. <sighs>
2: That's
5: great. Stay at the
4: game the I whole time. Now. A recital. <laughs> oh, and yeah. one
2: other thing. Uh, in our last thirty seconds here, the Golden State Warriors beat the New Orleans Pelicans last night. Boy, did it look like Draymond oh. was fired up in the first half.
5: I I love angry Draymond. I think the Warriors do too. I think Steve Kerr is. It's kind of a balancing act. You got to let him go to a certain degree, uh, but then you got to reel them in to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a trying to figure out that that midway point is not always easy. But um, you know when he's fired up and he's playing well they turned the ball over so many times in the first half
2: yeah.
5: uh they 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 figured it out in the second
2: half and uh
5: really really brought it to the uh, New Orleans Pelicans
2: and that new up and comer that wears number 30 had 39 he's, for a,
5: the... he's 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 pretty good i think he'd be he might go down as one of the greatest shooters ever i think that's the tra- trajectory that he's on, right?
2: He's got he's to do better.
5: He's, I mean, he missed a few shots, but he, with time and practice, Randy, he'll get there. Okay, good. All right. yeah, I wonder if
2: he <laughs> can get to that point where kids will start wearing that number 30 jersey. Uh, uh, maybe. Potentially. Yeah, you know, it's possible. <laughs> that is today's Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to ask Adam Wainwright if kids should have to go to school on opening day. That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
1: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: Cardinal right-hander Adam Wainwright scheduled to join us this segment here on 101 ESPN. Another year of Wednesdays with Waino to benefit Big League Impact and one of the things Adam says, and Kerry is a former professional athlete. I know that you are on board with this. He says, as an athlete, you only get a few years to have a platform like this. Might as well stand on it. And mm-hmm. there are very few athletes in our realm, in our community, that have done more to help St. Louis, help the world, than Adam Wainwright.
5: Yeah, it's almost, not almost, it is kind of your job as a professional athlete to to. Embrace the community that you're in and try to bring it up to a to a better level, no matter what the level is. Um, and just being a decent human being, helping people that need it the most, uh, whether it's kids, a, a community um, that is underserved. You just want to be uh, that type of person. If you are, especially if you're a star athlete, it just it, we all kind of grow up in different atmospheres, different, different experiences. Um, but the, at the end of the day none of us really knew that we would make it to be a professional athlete. So giving back is extremely important.
4: And he's done so much with big league impact as well. And he even travels and he's making sure that the money and the work that he's putting in, that it's actually going to good use. And you just can't help to really love a guy like Mm -hmm. that. The way that he represents St. Louis, the Cardinals and the way that he just represents really the country as well, and rep- and representing many different facets, he's done he's done so such a good him. job of doing that for the Cardinals, and it's so lucky that we have so somebody like him right, representing the community. And also, it's so like, can this guy do like anything wrong? Everybody. I mean, he sings too. He, everything he does, <laughs> it's like perfection. Even broadcasting.
2: Yeah, he's an amazing athlete. Obviously, as you mentioned, he he can sing. He's an extraordinarily attentive and smart sports fan just a, and a heck of a golfer too and he's with us now on 101 espn Brooke grimsley carrie davis randy Carricker, and adam wainwright founder of big league impact back for another wednesdays with Wayno here on 101 espn good morning adam it's been too long how you doing
11: Good morning. Y'all must be gluttons for punishment. You want me on here again. <laughs> hey, I,
2: I, I love you, and i, I got to have you on. I, we're we're going to get to the baseball classic here in a moment because I know how much of that meant to you. But did you use the Wayno wedge at all during the offseason, that 50-degree Wayno wedge?
11: Oh, man, that's a staple for me, Randy. I appreciate the thought. It's a nice club and the golf balls. Oh. And the golf balls. I, I think... I think I lost all those by now. So
2: it uh, <laughs> happens. It yeah. happens. Good. Hey, we talked to you before the World Baseball Classic started. Tell us about your experience.
11: Man, I I just—it's hard to kind of explain how fun and exciting that was for players. You you've heard everyone from all the different teams saying the same thing. It's not just rhetoric spat at us from. Americans, right? You saw. I mean, L- Lars Nootbaar's life has changed forever now that he mm-hmm. went and played for Japan. The the baseball brand and game itself was put on a stage in a level that I've never seen before, uh, and I feel like for the first time, maybe recognized more um, around the globe. And you had, you know, you had first time teams in there, Great Britain, Great Britain's in there. You know, you you had all. All bunch of teams that uh, maybe fan bases had never even watched the game of baseball before, and uh, it was exciting. It was an exciting time for the game of baseball. But for for me individually, you know, it's the first time I've ever stood on a field with with an entire stadium chanting USA. Mm-hmm. You know, crazy powerful stuff. When I when I pitched against Great Britain, uh, it took me a it took me a few seconds to kind of collect myself a little bit because I was almost emotional uh, how powerful that experience was. Um, and then when you know when I pitched against uh, Cuba, we were vastly out outnumbered our fans. there was probably maybe 70 30 in there I think, um, or maybe maybe 60 40 maybe Cuban fans to uh, USA fans. but the game against Venezuela, I've never seen anything like it. It was uh, at least 85, 90% Venezuela fans there. They are so loud and exciting while the game's going on, playing all a number of different instruments and, you know, never stop chanting. Even after we won that game, as we got on the bus to load up to go back to the hotel, the Venezuelan fans were still chanting and partying and having a wonderful time together. It was exciting to see, man. It was exciting to be a part of. We almost got it done. We got to the very final game and and uh, and had our chances. We just never got the big hit. Pitched well. I felt like uh, we had a, a a roster that was unlike any maybe ever put together. I mean, it was it was crazy the talent on that USA team, you know. But to sit around, rub shoulders with them talk about what makes each one of them uniquely go and what makes them uniquely awesome and how their, their thinking is and their off-season, you know, workouts go and what their strategies are on and off the field with pitchers and position players, the best of the world. That's something that's, uh, that's, that's like, I don't even know how much that's worth for an athlete's career, but it's worth a lot.
5: Adam, you've done pretty much everything in baseball. Played in playoff games, won championships. Did you find yourself becoming a fan at any point? I'm thinking specifically that old tiny Trout moment. Did you feel like a, a fan being a part of that at at that at that specific time?
11: Oh, that when that and that's exactly what I mean. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because it was almost you know this is this goes into that whole thing like sports or scripted thing. That was almost like that, you know. <laughs> it was. It was just too perfect, except for for my in my mind the bases. You know, he would have had two runners on in front of him. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, Mookie, our one of our best players on in the whole tournament that got us started so many times. Um, you know, he hit into a a double play that kind of uh, put that moment even more dramatic for for Trout to come up and face Otani, his teammate, but. Also, you know, two of the best players of, of our entire generation squaring off against each other. And I'll tell you, I, I, I think more than ever, I think the whole world knows how talented Shohei Ohtani is. I mean, he is, he is actually kind of remarkable. Um, from, a, from a baseball player's standpoint, That's played a long time in this game. I've never seen anyone like that guy. Uh, he's the fastest one on the field. He has the best arm on the field. He hits the hardest balls on the field. I mean, he does everything he does is the best on the field. It's really, it's a crazy thought, man. It is, you know, this uh, how he can be so good at everything he does and so so great athletically is uh, is a marvel to watch. It's it's amazing.
4: Well, we also got to see your longtime battery mate in a new role, Yadier Molina, managing Puerto Rico. You know how much that means to him. What was it like seeing him as the manager for them?
11: Yeah, that was fun. We were we were watching them and they got there was one particular game where they got down like 7 or 8 to nothing against the Dominican real real early in the tournament. I think it was in pool play. And I said, "You watch, Yadier Molina will get this this team back in it. He's not he's such a fighter. He's got no quit in him." I said, "You watch, this team will be this team will be scrapping the whole time. I bet you they fight their way back into this and and before you knew it, it was like nine to six and everybody was like, Oh man, you know, to get a couple guys on, you never know. And that was just such a Yadier is such a great leader in that capacity, man. He is uh he's a winner. He hates losing. I mean, he hates losing more than he likes winning. You know what I mean? And uh you could see that in his in his face when when they were about to get put out there in the playoffs or in the uh in the quarterfinals there. You could see in his face um the disappointment and he he had this one scene where he he grabs like the entire basket of sunflower seeds and just shoves them in his mouth he was so (laughs) you can tell he just wanted to be out there you know he wanted to be out there but i was proud of him i thought he did great you know it's not an easy thing um it's not an easy thing to to manage it's everybody thinks it is but there's manager is a perfect definition of that role it's not just coaching you're managing 25 26 personalities all different guys who have always been told they're the best who are big league players making lots of money and can be major divas sometimes (laughs) and you've got to figure out a way to manage that situation and make it work and uh, it's not an easy job man only some there's only several like Kinds of people that can do that, and and uh, I think he's going to be great at that if he ever wants to do that one day. He's a, he's, a, and as far as baseball intellect, obviously everyone knows it's off the charts
4: for him. So managing, maybe, maybe not in your future. Oh heck, no. <laughs> no.
11: No, no, no. no. I've, I've, got, I've got to do that at home with, with my five <laughs> kids and wife. I've got to manage six situations there.
2: <laughs> hey, speaking of managing, how are you managing the groin? I guess with, with that injury, that's something that you just, you, you just have to let it rest, right?
11: Actually, no. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy injury because really the only time I feel kind of uh, hindered in any way is in, when I get into a deep squat. Mm-hmm. Um, I played catch out to 160 feet yesterday, mm. uh, throw, throwing it, it's, it bothers me. It's not at all zero. It's, and, and I would have thought, you know, and especially it's not my, so it's not my groin itself. It's around the groin. It's called an adductor Magnus mm-hmm. muscle that, uh, it's a big muscle and it's in charge, especially my leg. It's huge. You know what I mean? Like giant muscle. <laughs> um, it's, uh. It's in charge of uh, several different things, depending on what part of the muscle it is. And the part that I pulled acts sort of like a hamstring, but I can do all sorts of hamstring movements at full strength. It's hard to explain it. I I mean, it's just the weirdest thing. But the first day I had it, I came into uh, the Jupiter complex, and I came in, I could barely walk. It was really, I was, they told me I was out, you know, between four four or five, maybe six weeks, maybe. And I'm thinking, man, I, I don't know. They might be they might be saying a little short on that. It's because I'm having trouble moving this thing around. I woke up the next day once that fluid sort of got out of the muscle, and I was walking great. And uh, yesterday I was doing some jogging and biking and played catch-out to 160. I did a full workout. You know, it's uh, I just can't get into that. I, my The last test that I'll have to pass before I can go and – and get on the mound and make pitches is is can I get into that deep squat? Because there's times, you know, even though I didn't do it during the WBC, there's going to be times where I have to get into that squat and field my position mm. um, and and catch a ground ball or run over, catch, you know, cover first and get into an athletic position. I'll, I'll need to do that too. But I'm so excited uh, that I've made the the progress that I have. And also, you know what? I'm excited to to do some strengthening stuff that I needed to do anyways for my left leg that was kind of weak coming into camp uh, and for my core that that needed it also. So I I think I'll come out of this much better than when I went into it. Adam, you
2: don't necessarily have to be able to, to get into that squat position and feel your position really well and still win the game. You don't have to do that. Well,
11: I proved that, didn't I, Randy? I proved that. There was three plays in the WBC that, I didn't, that I, did, I didn't do correctly that I thought, gosh, man, that is just three boneheaded plays that I would have never, ever, ever made a mistake of uh, a few years ago. When, I mean, I threw a ball away at first base, and I literally, and I think you probably saw this interview, but I, I, I cannot remember the last time I threw a ball away throwing the ball to first base. I can't remember the last time I did it. And, uh, and Goldie's a big guy, too, man. You've got to really work hard to do that. So. <laughs> no uh, doubt. But I'll, I'll make, some extra to make sure I'm prepared to play the game.
2: Hey, and we're excited about Big League Impact. I know that you guys have a lot of great events coming up that are, that are planned for 2023. It's really exciting. And I know that, well, first of all, you love using the platform. But the, the platform has provided so much for so many. And we can't thank you enough for what you do, A, for St. Louis, and B, as we've talked about before, just trying to save the world.
11: I appreciate that. Yeah, we do have some great programs coming up. We got a top, top golf event, obviously, and some other great things in the city that, um, I think we'll, we'll be able to help a lot of great people and, and people in need. And, and, uh, some teammates have some, some programs going on during the season. We'll have some strikeout campaigns and some, some home run campaigns and some all kinds of things that you can, fans can get on our website, bigleagueimpact.org, and they can join in with our players. Uh, and we can be able to help even more people. So uh, thanks for letting us talk about that today, guys. And um, I, I, would, I would love to have lots of support. We, we always get such great support from our fans. So um, we appreciate it. Thanks for letting me talk about it. But also thanks for everyone who's joining in with our great programs because we're going to have some some people around the city of St. Louis that are really benefiting um, uh, winning Cardinal baseball and uh, Big League Impact programs.
2: Adam Wainwright, thanks so much. We'll see you down at the ballpark. Have a great 2023, and we'll talk next week.
11: Okay, thanks, guys.
2: Thank you. That is the Cardinal right hand of the great Adam Wainwright, with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, I think we're going to have a brief, a very brief rock and roll here before we get to a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax here on 101
3: ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: All right, we're at Ballpark Village tomorrow. We'll be at the Budweiser Brewhouse. And here's nice. what we have coming up on the nice. opening drive. You will hear from, among others, Greg Amzinger, Mark McGuire, John Kelly with his Thursday hit, Bob Costas, John Mozealock, and more. So we're looking forward to tomorrow's edition of the opening drive on opening day. Hey, day. Yeah. It'll
4: be Exciting good. day.
2: A lot, a lot of interviews. It'll be great. Looking forward to that. And uh, we also want you to know that if you join us out of Ballpark Village, well, you might be celebrating with a $50 gift card to Ballpark Village. Cardinals Home Opener is tomorrow, and you can join in on the fun at Ballpark Village. Use your gift card at Bally Sports Live, the Budweiser Brew House, Sports and Social, or any venue inside Ballpark Village. Text the Air Comfort Service text line at 314 399 9646 and answer this question for your chance at that $50
7: ballpark gift card. Matthew, what do you got? Assuming nothing drastic changes between now and tomorrow opening day, the most consecutive opening day starts following Thursday will be five by a Cardinal. Which Cardinal will have that new record? So there will be one Cardinal in the opening day lineup who is starting his fifth consecutive opening day. Who is that?
4: Hmm. Interesting question. Very interesting question. Very interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, great job today by our producer engineer Matthew Rocchio. Matthew, enjoy opening day from wherever you are.
7: I think he's gonna be. I think my plan—I'll be—I think I'll be poolside. Yeah. Hey, uh, as the as the Cardinals yeah. get into Michael Miles, Miles, Michael, throws that beautiful first pitch of the 2023 season. I will be. I will be poolside. Enjoy Arizona. Thank Shame you very much, sir. You, sir. I think it's going to be rainy. Isn't that what you said? It's supposed It'll to be, be but I'm 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 like apparently desert weather's odd. So like. Yeah.
2: the and best. That's, that's all I've been yeah. told. By the way, the best dealer bar in the country outside of Pittsburgh, apparently, is in the Phoenix area. So, uh, Matthew, we're, we're sending him there. CD? There My man. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, folks, we appreciate you tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Join us at Ballpark Village tomorrow. Hope to see you at the Budweiser Brew House for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great hump day, St. Louis.